this was the last episode we recorded at the Hangout. It was a lot of fun. Uh, big thanks to everybody who came out and had a good time with us. Uh, I I really look forward to doing something like that again. That being said, I think we're going to get back to doing some more kind of topic and interview episodes, uh, kind of shift gears. If you're waiting for the story of the takedown that we had talked about in the last episode, well, you're just going to have to wait a little bit longer. We had so much fun hanging out and talking that we never got around to telling it. So I'm sure it'll come up on the stories from the field. We've got some feedback and we're listening to the feedback you guys sent out. Uh, and we're going to be working on a couple different ideas moving forward. Uh, some of them are in the works still and we're not exactly sure how it's going to go down. So you'll just have to stay tuned to see uh, what we got. But if you have any ideas or feedback uh, that on ideas of what you'd want us to talk about or just shoot us a message and you know, if it's something we agree with, we'll do our best to make it happen. Um, with that, we'll uh, take care of some business and then get right to it. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, a substitute for professional arboriculture advice and should never be relied upon to perform or direct arboricultural work. The Tree Thinking Podcast makes no representations as to the accuracy, completeness, or suitability of any information on this podcast will not be liable for any damages arising from the use of any information in the practice of arboriculture or tree work. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guests and their appearance on the podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The podcast and its hosts are not to be held responsible for misuse, cited, and or unsighted copies of the content within this podcast by others. The Tree Thinking Podcast may not be reproduced or distributed without the express written consent of the Tree Thinking Podcast. It's another Tree Thinking After Dark with the crew. If you enjoyed the last episode, you should love this one too. It's night two at the Tree Thinking Hangout, and we let loose. We have more whiskey, more beer, and more tree stories for you to hear. Every now and then, you gotta let the good times roll. On an episode like this one, you never know where it's gonna go, and that's half the fun. On this episode of the Tree Thinking Podcast, we are joined by a couple of the most humble and accomplished tree people I know. It's always a pleasure to have Dan and Scott on. We talk about sharing knowledge, how to work at your best, climbing a tree you planted, and much more on success, failure, and the spirituality of tree work. All right. Well, we are at this beautiful property. We talked about it a little bit on the podcast we did last night. I'm not sure exactly how these are going to be released, so maybe it's the podcast we talked to you last week. <laughs> <laughs> Could be last month. Who knows? Yeah, but... Uh, but we got some different characters. Um, we got some legends of the Pacific Northwest, and uh, and then me and Corey. So we'll do some introductions. So I'm Andrew. I'm Rob. I'm Corey. I'm Scott. I'm Dan. Yeah. So this is great. We've we've had both Scott and Dan on a few times, but never in person. So uh, it, it's great to be looking across at you and and uh, chatting yeah. trees. Awesome to be here. Yeah. <laughs> So we were talking earlier, and we we thought it would be good to talk a little bit about kind of the spiritual side of of trees. I don't know, Scott. You put it really well. How how would you put it? Well, it's 
difficult always to talk about spirituality. Um, it means so many different things to different folks, but personally, I know what drew me to tree work and to to who I am and what I'm doing is something coming from the trees and from forests that makes me feel so good, so centered, focused, and um, I just, all uncertainty dissolves away when I'm doing what I'm doing on behalf of trees. And if I'm doing tree work, not for the trees or the forests, but for commercial reasons or something else, it never works out. But when I'm dialed in, when I'm when I'm centered, when I'm working on behalf of ecosystems or organisms that depend on trees or on behalf of trees, it's it's perfect. And it there's we've all experienced you can tell a tree person, someone whose lives have been touched by trees. It's a glint in the eye. It's how they carry themselves. It's it's something that is palpable or discernible, certainly. And uh, I'd love to talk about that because mm, very few folks talk about it. And there's the ever-present danger of our work becoming commercialized and cheapened it's it's something deeper and i'd love to delve into that because you folks all have it and <coughs> well yeah you know the first thing that comes to mind for me is um you know being a climber there's a lot of trust trust involved you know you trust the tree you have faith in the tree that it can hold you while you perform your work while you're you're climbing in it most of the time yeah, sometimes you don't. That's when, that's when things get kind of dicey. <laughs> um, but it, but that's a fascinating thing to um, have a relationship on that level with um, an entity like a tree that's not a person. You know, you're trusting yeah. them and you have uh, faith in them, and you um, you know they're holding your life in their uh, structure. You know, and that that's amazing. It's a, it's hard to explain. It's not it's not easy to relay the, the feeling. I mean, it's you, you, it brings you to the present. It makes it to where you're not thinking about the future, the past as much, at least for me, um, and and you just focus on what's happening around your sen- your senses. You know, your what you're seeing and what you're feeling, what you're hearing, all those become heightened, and. Um, and there's a connection that's made with the tree. You're listening to the tree. You're watching the tree. You're feeling the tree. And it, and it, you know, it's like, so when you go back to prune a tree over and over again over a long time, it's like visiting an old friend. You remember yep. the the last time it felt when you were in that tree. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I remember a uh, apple that I took care of probably for 15 years. <clears throat> and I remember when we got a call, it, it was way out of control. You know, it had, uh, Apple had been neglected for a, a long time. And so we, you know, did the big cuts to bring it back in. And over the years, you know, I'd take care of it and it'd be like, all right, well, you know, this is how it's doing now. So this is what we, you know, need to do. And I really felt like I had formed a relationship with this tree because you could see when it wasn't doing very good and you'd want to take care of it, nurse it back to health or see when it was really vigorous and then uh, one day we got a call and they wanted the tree removed. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it, it was 
like a, it was an emotional day for me. It was really, but you know, they were, they into their nineties. So they, you know, he's like, I can't take care of it anymore. I can't have it. It, you know, it, it's dropping apples and leaves in my yard and it's creating this huge mess that I can't deal with. I got to get rid of it. And, you know, we talked to him, we tried to convince him to keep it and he just wasn't into, you know, and if we didn't do it, someone else would do it. And so it, it was kind of a full circle thing. It was really sad and emotional removing the tree, but it was, you know, in some ways I'm glad I did it rather than have somebody because I was able to give it respect, you know, and like thinking about the last decade that I've been taking care of the tree and, you know, kind of saying goodbye to it as, as we were removing it. Um, and yeah, I, I still think about that apple tree. It's it's an interesting thing. It's like it legitimately was like a buddy and losing a friend, you know. That's, um, in, that's interesting. It, that reminds me of, or kind of where my mind goes is when you're doing bids and you're talking to clients about what they're going to be doing with their trees and their property. Um, recently, just in the last, oh gosh, kind of couple months or so, I've been really thinking about Nathaniel, Nathaniel Sperry. And how he approaches, um, you know, bids and selling work. And, you know, he's been doing it for over 30 years. And mm-hmm. and it's amazing. Um, the, the ability for him to just be himself. Like, even though he needs these people to um, accept his bid. So you kind of want to c- cater to their needs or, um, you know, kind of bend over backwards to make an impression that, feels good for them so that they'll accept your work. He d- he's never been that way. <laughs> it's not the way he operates. He's himself 100%. You're going to get thin. He's going to be honest, you know, and, and whether, whether he thinks you're going to like the way that he acts or not, it makes no difference to him. It's just mm-hmm. not a thing. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's very different for me. I, I am like a chameleon kind of, I adapt to the environment that I'm in and I can really relate to the clients and I try and, develop a rapport and with him I, I feel like that doesn't happen at all <laughs> and so I'm trying to kind of adopt some of that like be yourself uh-huh. like tell them real what you think yeah. don't don't just like if they say oh well um you know I don't I don't um like for example someone is talking about their tree and how they were upset because the leaves were falling on their lawn and they didn't like to clean the leaves up. And they said, well, the grass is so much easier. I said, are you sure? Are you sure? I said, you got to mow that grass. You got to water that grass. You got to thatch that grass. You got to <laughs> fertilize that grass. <laughs> and then water it again and keep on taking care of it. I said, the tree just wants to drop the leaves and let them decompose. And it's better for the tree because so, it fertilizes it. So you don't actually. For the grass, too. Yeah, you, don't have to, you don't have to actually clean the leaves up. You just got to sacrifice your lawn that you're spending money and time on taking care of. And the tree is going to appreciate it more. And that's actually how I feel. So, you know, before I would try and be like a chameleon and adapt to these people and align with what they want. But then now I'm like, no, maybe that's not what I should be doing. Maybe I should be holding strong on how I feel and actually educating these people about the reality of the situation. What's best for their tree? It's like leave the leaves on the ground. Get rid of your grass. Let them just, don't worry about raking them up. It's fine. And then you don't have to take care of your leaves or your grass. Mm. You can focus on whatever else you want. You know, it's like. It's called the carbon cycle. (laughs) (laughs) We're fighting the greatest challenge of 
modern history or human history, the carbon cycle. Yeah. We've disrupted it. And yeah. that's part and parcel. If everyone did that, it would make a significant difference. Significant. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the truth. It's funny. I've seen, you know, people were in Eugene look like, you know, hippy dippy people in their driveway, raking the leaves and then putting them into a fire that they had in their driveway. They had like one of their a backyard uh, fire ring and they're raking the leaves up and just burning them. And it's like, you are totally <laughs> missing the point right now. You know? <laughs> like this, uh, and you know, they probably were just, they thought they were being smart. Hey, I don't have to get rid of them now. Uh-huh. You know, one way you're working with the world, you know, you're trying to, to use uh, nature, what nature's already doing to help nature. And the other way you're trying to control it. Well, with fires, for sure. I mean, that's that's the the reason why fuels have built up and the forests have become what they are in America today is because of the regulations and the and the um, you know the amount of work that's been put into suppressing fires and and you know Smokey the Bear, you know, no fires, fires are bad, <laughs> never have a fire, you know. Well, that just builds up to what we're dealing with now. Guess what? Flooding. Nobody's talking about flooding. We've just seen catastrophic flooding in Germany, China, catastrophic yeah. Yeah. flooding in China, and drought. That's part of the whole. It just the cycle. It's, it's analogous. We, the Willamette Valley where we live, one of the richest areas in the world, is what it is. Not just because of its atmospheric conditions, the cool climate and the, the rain, but because of the super super rich soils, which are. Oh. Utterly dependent yeah. on regular flooding by our Willamette River, but also the catastrophic uh, flooding from the Missoula flood. The Missoula yeah. flood, yeah, that yeah. deposited the so biggest flood in the world. Strangely <laughs> enough, <laughs> you hear about the how what a catastrophe, uh, natural disaster these floods are. That's one way of looking at it. The true disaster is our planning, our urban planning, which does not factor in and receive that replenishment, uh, the agricultural, the replenishment of the aquifers. Think of all that standing water permeating oh, the soils. Man. Yeah. What we're experiencing with our tree dr- and extended droughts is a lack of a major flood. Yeah, and you Consider think, that. Yeah, you think back to like even ancient Egypt, like the Nile, like it was a religious experience for them every time the Nile would flood because it would replenish a lot of their, their crops. It would Like they were so tied into that flood that they looked forward to. And now we've kind of corrupted all of that with our a lot of our modern you know, know-how or whatever. Yeah. I, I never have correlated flooding and aquifers. I have never correlated that before. That is very interesting, Scott. And soil, soil health and tree health. Well, I, I correlated yeah. that yeah. for sure. Like floods bring the soil from the mountains to the valleys and create a very fertile topsoil that plants and trees can grow in really well. Like that's pretty standard. Everybody kind of knows that, that I, as far as I know. But in terms of like flooding, replenishing aquifers which is a huge thing that we're going to be facing with is aquifers not being able to support the water demand that's huge and the fact that we built all these dams which inhibit all these floods that replace aquifers is a big deal interesting it's all interconnected and the permacultural folks had a pretty good sense yeah where water runs make it walk 
where it locks, make it stop. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Well, and to to bring it back to the the spirituality of what we do compared to the professionalism or the professional side of what we do, I think that there's there's something to be said for the balance of that because if you think about a you know if as an arborist you decide you're not gonna you're just gonna be stuck in the mud I'm gonna do it my way I don't care what anybody thinks I'm I'm gonna you know be the Lorax and look out for the trees well you're not gonna have the most successful business you're not gonna have the reach and the ability to connect with as many people but then if you uh, take it to the other extreme and you know it just just it doesn't matter. Needs. I'm catering to your needs. Yeah. I'll cut down the trees. Then you've lost the whole other side of it. So I think the balance probably lies somewhere within, you know, being able to uh, kind of cater to the needs, but then being able to educate your your clients and the people that you work with and kind of steer the conversation and steer the direction. You and, know. and educating yourself, kind of like Dan was talking about on that episode a month or two ago about how he's uh, focusing on learning the uh, landscaping plans just to be able to communicate with clients when he's on bids about, you know, that that I totally listen to that. And I've been uh. like, oh, man, I got to learn that shit, too. I know. Like, oh, man, you know, yeah, you want to come across as as being somebody that can teach. You know, it knows what you're talking about because mm. then they develop trust. Mm. Yeah. You know, so so being educated about just identifying plants is like the what was that Alex Shiger or something. Know your trees. If you know your trees, know your trees. You know, yeah, that's great. Well, it's probably greater for people that are more wired to just like retain information better than I am. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll still try. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I got to keep reading. <laughs> I got to read fast and I forget. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. You know, and that's, that's, well, when you're saying educating yourself, you know, and being, being aware of, of the uh, decisions or the things that you're promoting or, or trying to, you know, be selling to people. Yeah. You know, well, be, you got to educate aware. yourself before you can educate others. Be aware of all the implication implications mm-hmm. of what you're selling. You know, if you if you cut all the trees down, then yeah, that's going to change change where you live. And so, educate yourself, and through that education, you'll probably learn a better way of selling something that's going to make it to where you're a better steward of your urban forest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, depending on where you're learning. That you're learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's an it's an interesting thought to try to try to figure how to how to anytime you're trying to balance two issues, you know, where where is that fulcrum? You know? <laughs> and with different people it's gonna be in a different spot. You know, like what you were saying, uh, you know, some some clients, you know, are are gonna be willing to eat up anything you want and you can just be yourself and they'll trust you and they'll listen to you and other people you have to feel like you have to kind of cater to them you know so I guess the first place in in figuring that out where that dichotomy is figuring out where your fulcrum is where Mm -hmm. you know with the person you're talking to at where is that balance lie you know because if you spent too much time trying to sell somebody to something to somebody that's already sold on it 
you're just going to lose them. You know, they're going to be like, yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> it's a classic story. If I don't cut it down, then someone else will. Yeah. You know, it's a classic story. And that, and there's a certain amount of truth to that. You know, I called Scott probably, I don't know, nine months ago or something and was like, hey, there's a big sequoia, uh, you know, that I'm doing a bid for this construction company for. And I know that he had, uh, you know, put some effort forth to save the tree. And so I wanted to check in. He's like, yeah, actually, there's a process that's been underway, and there is going to be a development there, and it's we're, the tree's going to come down. And so I was like, so you're cool with me bidding on it? And he's like, yeah, cool with you bidding on it. You know, It's mm-hmm. like right on. Cool. That kind of level of communication yeah. or understanding or research of understanding what the story is behind the tree. Does it really need to come down or... Is it up to interpretation of whether or not it needs to come down, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Doing your due diligence. Yeah. Yeah. And coming into those conversations and just, um, you know, being, staying true to your convictions and being like, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm trying to speak for the trees. I'm trying to be a good steward for the trees. And, you know, maybe that comes through. Maybe you do wind up removing the tree, but you maybe have planted that seed in that property owner. You've planted that seed in that developer. And they're like, oh, there, there are people who actually care about these things. They, they're not just, you know, things that we cut down because they're in the way. You know, maybe these do mean more than, you know, what I've actually thought my whole life about them. So there, There's always more to the story than meets the eye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and maybe, you know, two or three times down the line, they, they actually take that into consideration. Maybe it's not instant. Maybe it's not overnight. But, you know, eventually maybe they get worn down to the point where, oh, maybe I do need to think about this. Maybe I do need yeah. to change my, change my ways or whatever. Like, like uh, after they cut the tree down and then they realized that was their only shade. <laughs> right. like, oh, my God. It's like 20 degrees warmer in the house now. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's so open and there's no leaves anymore. Yeah, I saw a, uh, I can't even remember what the meme said, but it doesn't matter because the picture said it all. Because it was a picture of a crew removing a tree. And the guy on the ground is running the rope, and there's only a little bit of tree left, and he's standing in the shade of that little bit of tree left yeah. mm-hmm. to, to, to work the rope. And it's like, it uh, seems so obvious. You know, a picture right. says a million <laughs> words. Uh, you know? That's great. Yeah. Hey, I want to um, inject a thought. Um, in addition to the spirituality of trees influencing how we as professional tree people or arborists interact with other people where I really get uh, find this topic fascinating is how I'm centered and performing when I'm dialed in when I am in touch with that spiritual side of tree work things just go so smoothly and when I'm not they go so wrong I'd love to hear your st- thoughts and experiences on that. We've all been when just you, you oh, kind of I, I, you I think I, I think I know what you're talking about. Basically, if you're doing it for the trees and the wildlife and the ecosystems and the community, life that, yeah, and that the greater good, eat that one another support. Yeah, then it it it's like it it just when you're, everything you're, connects. Yeah. Your intention I know is exactly pure. Exactly what you're talking about. When your intention is pure, even it if it's not connects uh, the highest ideal, and then but you've done your. And then diligence. if you like a lot of people, you're doing it for your family, so you can make money to support your family, and it connects then too, you know, because you have a purpose, you have a meaning. It's for your family. You're you're working hard and you're risking your life and you're 
going through these physically and mentally very intense situations, but you're doing it for a reason because you're raising a family and that's what it requires in order for you to, you know, make the uh, family successful. That's why this entire forest has got to go. And then, and then the, yeah. <laughs> well, that that can that can work. You can justify that We've pretty easily that. within yeah, your exactly. mind for your yeah, family. Yeah. You're willing to right. sacrifice the forest, you know. And and it generally can work out pretty good for a short term. Yeah. But if yeah. you're if you're only doing it if you're only doing it to um, self enrich self enrich, then things generally probably won't work out very good at all. (laughs) And especially if that little voice on your shoulder is saying, maybe this isn't the right thing to do. But if you're doing it for the trees and for the wildlife and for the ecosystem and for everything that it is, if that's why you're doing it, I guarantee you're going to have some uh, uh, initiative and some power that you never knew of. You know, and when you're doing something that you would normally feel like you can't do, you'll be able to do it. You know, but if you're just doing it for the money, you'll be like, I can't do this. I'd it's not, it's above my yeah. pay grade. Yeah. I think, I think <laughs> a big part of that is confidence, right? Anything you do with confidence, you're going to do better because your, your mind is focused. You're on a mission, right? And I think that's what you're talking about. If you're at one with what you're doing, you're pro- you're going to be doing it with confidence, you know? Yeah. I'd love to hear Dan's, uh, can you think of a recent job where it was a, a super challenging job that you you thought, oh man, this is going to be a drag, and suddenly you, you just made it happen, things worked out perfectly, you felt like the stars aligned, and upon retrospection you realized, yeah, I was centered and uh, in, in connection. <laughs> um. Every job I know. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, but once you get rolling, I, I, I don't know. You know, because what pops into my mind is big removals. And it's like, we're not talking about big removals here, you know? Yeah. Uh, it can be. It yeah. can be. I mean... You know, yeah, I, right. I don't think that that's excluded. No, yeah. r- right tree, right place. And, I mean, and my yeah. mind goes to the same place, to be honest yeah. with you, Dan. My mind, because wow. that's, that's the most complex kind of, or easiest yeah. thing to, I think, put into that box. Challenge. In fact, it's what we know the best. Yeah. It's how it's, it, it's the easiest thing to us yeah. for us to define is the physics of how to remove a tree. But if you mm-hmm. think about the health of a tree mm-hmm. and you think about the health of a forest, that's so much harder to define. So, mm-hmm. so because you can't, it's harder for you to like connect the dots on the health of a forest or the and if you know that tree is being milled, if you know that you felt a pang of remorse for removing it and that you lobbied the client to replant or to understand the loss that was occurring as a result of the loss of that tree and that you compensated for that loss and did your outreach to to make them feel that loss and and do something else. That's the spirituality of... So it's probably the same concept as with a big removal as it is with a fine pruning mm-hmm. or with a planting. It's righteous. Or with a, a scientific research or with, a, you know, any of that. It's probably the same concept of, like, when things all align and you feel like what you're doing is really righteous and what you should be doing, I've been like, where, do, where is that with you? Well, I've been really... Uh, enjoying planting trees lately because I've been nice. so, I've been so you know working pruning 
but I haven't had land to plant trees. And now I got this hunk of farmland and I've just really been enjoying each season, buying as many different fruit trees as I can and making the holes as good as I can and, you know, mixing the soil and getting it all like, here's my baby. And then, you know, watering. Orienting it to the sun. Come on. (laughs) And and getting a little orchard going of different trees. It's it's a lot of fun. I can't wait. It's only been a couple years now, you know, and so I can't wait to be you know, training them. I'm going to keep yeah. them all short and so I can yeah. pick and I got designs in my head and stuff. <laughs> it'll, it'll, so that, I've been enjoying that instead of, you know, running the chainsaw, just planting trees. And I'm like, I wish I did more of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, apparently the these days, you, if, if you're an arborist in Oregon and uh, you plant more than a certain amount of dollars or trees for any particular job, you need to get your LCB. Terrible. I, mm. I mean, it's just crazy to me. But, I mean, yeah. we should be promoting more tree planting more than, like, hindering companies from being able to do it, especially in our boriculture community. But either which way, I'm going to do it. I'm going to – I'm taking my test soon. Just get your LB, LBC and just do it. Nice. You know? yeah. What yeah. is that LBC? I don't know. It's a land landscapers contractor board. Oh, yeah. okay. And, and they have a special – uh, thing for arborists, they they just revised it in the last couple of years to where mm-hmm. you have to have your LBC in order to plant uh, uh, more than I think five hundred dollars on any one contract or more than a certain amount of trees on any one property. Huh. And so, um, just I mean, it sucks. It's just another thing you got to do. But go get your LBC so you can plant more trees. If, if you're in Oregon, I just want to point out how ridiculous it is in Oregon for us as arborists like you get your ccb license and to get your ccb license you go through and like learn how to do drywall and learn yeah. how to dry rot yeah. Yeah. but but, but yeah yeah <laughs> but but then you can't plant a tree like one of the yeah, yeah, yeah they're like okay so when you have flooding on a uh, construction site then what's your mitigation plan yeah. Yeah. it's like well it's prime I, at the example <laughs> of a lack of Clarity and spirituality about the yeah mm-hmm. closing the loops. Well, and that promotes people that aren't really uh, in it because they love tree work. Yeah, you know, it, it promotes people that can just pass a test. Right. You know, compared to somebody that really loves trees to the point where they're going to focus on learning how to, uh, or they already know how to do the tree work because that's what they love to do and that's what they've always done. Right, and it doesn't push it towards a profession either. It's 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 the, it's the bureaucracy of it. It's the it's the fact that it's hard to cater things like that to be specifically what's in the best interest for the industry. <laughs> you know, it's like, totally, but that's it's challenging because it's it's hard to change. Yeah, and, but and bureaucracy at its best is a, a support system, mm-hmm. right? It it True. you know. At its best, it should be helping an industry become better. Like, we're going to create these rules to make sure that your industry is safe and professional. Uh-huh. And that's not what's happening. <laughs> not, not at all. No, <laughs> you know? Well, no. to a certain degree, it is. I mean, we've had, well, some, we've had some injuries, at, at, you know, on the comp- at the company. And I met some professionals at OSHA and, and SAFE. And they've been wonderful oh, yeah. to work with. Not like, all bureaucracy. Wonderful. They no. taught us a lot. Not, not I'm all. just talking about the CCB situation. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is a different thing. It's there's basically the guild system protecting its turf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, you know, yeah. Like, bureaucracy is good. It's necessary when you develop to a certain stage or a certain level, you know, but but you, 
in a perfect world, you'd be able to address um, what a lot of people probably think as being little things. Oh, you know, plant trees to the people that are making the rules for the CCB. They're probably not arborists, and they probably don't have the health of the urban forest in mind, and they probably don't understand all the little things that are, uh, you know, impacted by their decisions. So future of the world, for instance, that's tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's tough. Future for, to, to make people that are in charge of that beat fully understand everything on the level that we are is kind of not really practical. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, we still need to keep trying and we still need to keep pushing. Well, that's why Scott Altenhoff is doing what he's doing. That's why he's in the position that he is in, in the city instead of uh, owning a, a you know tree service in Eugene, it's or huddling under a deck somewhere actually in a fetal <laughs> position. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually making change on that level, on that bureaucratic level. And so, thank you, Scott. Well, thank <laughs> you. And thank you all. We um, appreciate it. It's mutual. <laughs> hey, while I'm thinking of it, I just want to introduce a concept, uh, an idea that occurred to me long ago. We need a contest among us tree folks to see who can climb the highest in a tree that we ourselves have put in the ground. Oh, that's, oh. Yeah. That's why you planted so all you, those So you had to plant a tree. <laughs> you have to have planted a tree physically. You yeah. Know, so you can't get a, a crane in there, uh, or you could. You'd actually lose out because the folks who understand how trees grow and <laughs> operate are going to plant small they would surpass it. you yeah. pretty quick exactly so <laughs> you know have a hand in planting a tree and then climb physically personally climb the highest that tree the highest in height. that tree that's yeah. fantastic okay so me and scott have had this conversation before and i think scott may have the record for that well this is the town for that kind of record <laughs> So what what is the tallest tree that you've climbed that you planted, Scott? It's not that high, actually. Really, I thought you I thought you climbed a didn't you plant like a sequoia or something when you were a kid? I planted a sequoia as a kid. It's since died. I went oh. back, it's in, back in Pennsylvania, and I thought it was going to be my ace in the hole. No. Oh, oh man, good Damn seventy it. feet tall. That's, that's totally and then it looks like it was lightning struck. Uh, oh no. no. Whole top is dead, and uh, oh, it may resprout, but flew too too close to the sun. But I'm just gonna have to live another forty years to make up for that loss. Yeah, well, you've got tons of sequoias now that you've planted. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a good. Uh, so think about that, folks. A eucalyptus oh. would be a good choice. Just do. the yeah. concept is planting a yeah. lot of seeds. A lot, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think back and. Things I've planted in Hawaii, you know. Yeah. Like, like, oh, that could oh, be. Yeah. 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 Dan's like, I could be a two-time champion. I'd have to find them now. Good good project. Yeah, so yeah. you're halfway there. Right. You planted some fast growers. Uh-huh. You know, nice. my money's going to be on an Atlantis tree. I think I'm just going to put one in my backyard and just kind of let it go. A couple weeks later. A couple weeks later, <laughs> I'll, I'll be <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Going to get all these people trying to climb in these really fast-growing weak trees. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'd be curious to know f- what comes to mind, the biggest tree that you all have personally planted. Oh, I don't know. I You know, I know I've planted a lot of trees, 
you know, starting, but I don't know where they all are because <laughs> they're trans- just in people's yards and whatnot, you know, planting them for Sperry back in the day. I'd say rhododendron, six inch diameter, okay, probably six feet tall. Mm-hmm. Other than that, oh gosh, the tallest tree would probably be like three or four inch diameter and like 12 feet, 10 or 12 feet tall is the tallest I've messed with. I've given bids and trying to contact, you know, nurseries to. Are you talking about the biggest tree you've planted? Yeah, mm-hmm. in diameter. In diameter. No. So the biggest tree that after, after so it grows. you plant. Oh, and then oh, gotcha, the gotcha, biggest gotcha. tree. That oh. And then you climb it. Then you climb it. And you climbed it. Or you, you, not that you had to climb it yet. Oh. But okay. what is the largest, most sizable, most substantial tree that you have taken part in planted and stayed in touch with? I've, I've definitely climbed some trees where, you know, the old timer at the house was like, oh, I planted this back in the 60s. And you're like, whoa. So here's this a good guy story. held this tree in his hand. You know, what made me actually I'm thank you for wow. doing that is yeah. I was working out <laughs> by the Eugene airport and this 90 some year old guy pulled up in a convertible red Corvette and he said, I planted that monstrous walnut tree that was over 100 feet tall and the biggest walnut tree. It ended up dying due to thousand cankers disease. But I just remember thinking, you planted this tree? Holy cow. Yeah. I I want to do that. And he was driving around in this convertible and if you can drive that car you can get up this tree yeah yeah <laughs> get up here so you can win. i want you to win yeah yeah. Nice. yeah oh it's such a wonderful experience sharing the experience of climbing i uh last night sarah and i had a barbecue at her house and it just kind of naturally transitioned into uh, taking people climbing in our trees and uh and they they climbed up like 80 90 100 feet up in the trees and um, it was wonderful. It made the evening so much more memorable and fun, and it was a great experience, you know. They'd well, they were they had climbed before, right? It wasn't their no. first time. This no, is the first, first time. time. Yeah, first Whoa. time. It was Sarah's cousins that were visiting from out of town, and then she invited or they invited some of their friends. So we had like five people come by. I think four of them climbed, and, uh, just th- and they made it way up. Yeah, foot ascender, knee ascender. Uh, just that Texas system, oh, you know, Texas that's system. what I've always, yeah, used. I, yeah. that's still what I personally use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's all these fancy gadgets and new systems uh-huh. and I've <laughs> used the rope runners and the, this and that, but I just love the Texas system. I mean, yeah. I've probably climbed like, I don't know how many miles in it. But <laughs> You've climbed to San Diego on that <laughs> Texas oh, system probably. <laughs> I, I guarantee I've climbed so yeah. many feet and I just love it. I just like the way the system works. It's so simple. Uh-huh. You can't you can't mess it up. Uh-huh. It it's it's really ergonomically like really well. You can take one foot out and balance yourself here, there. Put uh-huh. the other foot out and balance yourself there. I, I don't know. Yeah, I just love the You're Texas system. Yeah. You're not alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Steve Sillett. That's what him and his wife use. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They climb the tallest it, trees in the world. Yeah, yeah. and so does Scott Alton Hop, and right? so do I. I mean, it, it's <laughs> just what we like. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there. I mean, when it comes to Steve and and his wife and Scott and me, I mean, we we're we probably climb some of. Yeah. I mean, more frequently than most at certain times in our lives and whatnot, and 
you know, the Texas system works and it's great. And you can uh-huh. go up and down and you can. You can haul stuff. Haul yep. stuff and you're using the right muscles. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. It just works for me, and I've gotten back to it. I've tried a lot of them. I've, I've used so many different systems, and uh-huh. and I've always come back to the Texas for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Stands the test of time. Yeah. Apparently so. <laughs> don't mess with Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, were you, were you born in Texas, Scott? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> you just lived there for a while. A very short time. Oh, okay. I thought I th- just long enough to pick up the climbing system. Tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, there's something to be said for you know systems that you're comfortable with. You know, even if it like they're all the new fancy gadgets and whatnot. Uh, I get that way with double rope climbing sometimes. Really? You know, I, you know, I love single rope too, and I climb a whole lot on single rope. But there's just something comfortable when I just get it, you know, uh, a French pressic, you know, get my VT, just the pulley and double roped. You just feel, I just feel comfortable. I've, you know, limb walk so many limbs on it and, you know, just have the balance and going back and forth. It's just natural without a second thought. You just kind of running around like, like you're walking around on the ground. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say Blake's hitch. Yeah, I, I love really, the Blake's really hitch too. I do. Hitch. I I can't I can't work on the Blake's hitch because it's just not as efficient as some other systems. But every now and then I'll pull out the Blake's hitch just for the fun of it, just you know, for the for well, all the good times. If you're doing a double tie, if you're using your tail, yep. Oh, that's a great right spot for it. Lakes, yeah, I actually yeah. use the Blake hitch a lot. Yeah, no, I I do. Yeah. I go through phases, but if it's uh, depending on what it is, you know, I'll hook one up and just almost every time I use it is uh, like what Dan was saying. I'll have my my normal setup with the hitch climber and the pressing setup, and then if I want to bop somewhere else, then I'll just tie up a, a, a Blake's hitch onto itself. All you need is one carabiner and the rope. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, and then it gets you to where you need to go. Yep. Yeah. You know, and and you're not taking any extra gear. It's already there all the time. Every time you climb, you're never gonna forget it. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't look as cool as the captain hook, though. The captain hook is nice. You can always put it at the tail of your rope. It's true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like halfway the same concept. Ha- halfway the same concept. <laughs> yeah. It, it just doesn't look as cool, and you don't have the the piece, the multi-hundred dollar piece of gear that the you're captain yeah. hook. Yeah, the captain hook is something that I I look forward to uh, developing a good affinity with. It's I love it. Arrgh. Arrgh, yeah. yeah. You know what I? So the new captain hook has a life safety beaner on the end of it. I think. What? Yeah, no way. I think so. Hold on. And so, when did they come out with a new captain hook? Is we, that legal? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it's legal. Well, so so there's there's the hook, and then there's a carabiner that yeah, that connects to the hook. And so the old one just had like a little utility carabiner that would come with it. Right. And I think the newer one might have a life safety carabiner that hooked to it, which makes me think if you have a really long lanyard, you know, you could. Uh, have it so you could just hook your captain hook to the end of it, throw that out there, pull yourself out, and then when you get there, just bring it around and clip it in, and then redirect and do whatever you needed to do. Uh, it so wouldn't it's be like double rope. It's like a little double rope, double rope to get to the hook. Uh, well, once you get to the hook, like you throw it over the, you know, you're trying to get from this trunk over to that trunk, right? Yep. You throw the captain hook, you hook it. You pull yourself out, tend your slack with your ART or whatever positioning system yep. you have, right? 
And so you get there and you grab the trunk and then you just pull the captain hook off around the branch and connect it into yourself. And then oh, you, I see what and, you're and then you if you got that safety, as a point of attachment. well, yeah, you use yeah. the carabiner that's connected to the hook as a point of attachment. And then you could, you know, read if you wanted to pull another line over, you know, because that's the one thing about the captain hook that makes it, you know, so you couldn't really use it as a lanyard because you don't have that safety element to it. We'll have to talk to the tree stuff and tell them to send or, one over. Or you could, <laughs> huh? Yeah, I got a couple ideas. Then you could also put a prusik on, like right at the back of the hook, and have a carabiner on that, so you could then prusik that and just have the captain hook dangling. Mm, that's spicy. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm doing good right now. That's interesting. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I thought that that thing, you're talking about the thing on the end, like right where it turns? Yeah. I yeah. thought that was some sort of a release thing, like an anchor. You know, they have the extra rope for get it off of something you oh, don't want it on yeah, okay right. okay but i don't know we, yeah i have hey i'm not the master of the captain hook i've just been playing with it for the last year or two to be honest with you i yeah. you know i just recently got one so my foreman's got one i steal it from him when i when i can but it's nice when you can use it yeah so, yeah when so you use great. it and when you actually get it to hook uh -huh. and when it doesn't get stuck on a bad spot where you can't then release it you yeah. know yep. it, yeah. it's uh it kind of remind reminds me of when you first get the throw ball and yeah. you know you're not hitting every shot yeah and it's like man but when i hit the shot it's a game changer yeah. <laughs> you know so that's yeah. the way i look at it it's like all right i just need to kind of yeah. struggle with it for a little yeah. while and then once i get that flip down to get it off and all that stuff then it'll be next level mm -hmm. speaking of that that reminds me of what i was talking about i'd love to hear about when you have made the epic shots the entry shots to a tree when you just feel so righteous and dialed in as opposed to the times when you take 40 times and then get stymied and everything that can go oh. wrong goes wrong. I'd love to hear. I just experience. had one of those and Scott, it was a tree. You and me were climbing. And so <laughs> I have proof that I got it. <laughs> we were, we were setting up the climb to take the mayor up into the tree and everybody had their, their uh, crossbows and their Scott shots out. And you know, they're hitting <laughs> shots that there's no way you can hit, but I'm just kind of waiting around and i'm like man i haven't been using the throw ball enough i need to get some practice so i, I couldn't believe you hit that with yeah that i i off. pull out the cube <laughs> and i the fourth shot boom hit 100 feet wow nice, yeah nice. yeah i was like holy smokes i still got it you know uh on that note that was an that was a terrific shot. It just dropped. It was perfect. <laughs> Over like an eight-inch branch. Right like, next to the trunk. It was right perfect. next to the probably, trunk. It probably just lobbed one inch over the branch. <laughs> no, I like to think. Well, the branch was at 99 feet, so I like to think it went about a foot over the branch. I think it only went six inches. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, in your mind, it probably hit lower, bounced up, and went I, over I, I'm pretty and, sure. I'm pretty sure a bird grabbed it. Yeah. <laughs> And ultimately, in your your mind is all that really matters. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For you, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see you make the shot, so I. So where are we talking about? What was happening? Can you tell me, Scott. It was a city park, and we were about to uh, take the mayor up 
uh, and oh, some city whoa. councilors. Whoa, and taking the mayor climbing. Yeah, That's pretty yeah. cool. How about that? Uh, let's. Have you talked about a challenge? Oh, we talked about it a little bit, but tell us your perspective. You're there. It was awesome. Scott, Scott and Corey took the mayor up, and she was a rock star. Oh, she was great. Fantastic. Uh, but uh, hold that thought. Let's uh, finish the thought of the, the shot. You were mm. clearly yeah. dialed in. I'll never forget one of the most poignant climbing memories of my life was uh, climbing with Betty's, Bernd Strasser, in the giant sequoias. And I remember thinking, yeah, he's awesome. He's amazing. But I have so much more experience in these big trees than he does. And we had a laser, and Bob Van Pelt uh, goes, see that? That limb there, that's 130 feet. I just measured it. Can you hit that? And, oh, my gosh, talk about, I, it was amazing. He, he goes, oh, yeah, that one, no problem. Really? First shot with such confidence as you were talking about, with such surety that it was going to go just, and he willed that Seven and a half ounce. Now I was gonna say, what's bag. the ounces and what's the throw line? Seven what's ounce that? throw bag. Seven line. What's going on? Seven here? and a half is his favorite. <laughs> really? Uh, and it. Just, yeah. What kind of throw line? Uh, just zing it, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Fishing line. It was definitely <laughs> no, zing it. Zing it. Zing it. Yeah, zing yeah. it. Really definitely. zing it. And just in his characteristic. And oh my gosh! <laughs> and it goes. Oh, I can get it closer. Doom, 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 doom. And I, I, I was just. Oh, no. Wow. So how does that, he maneuver not, a seven-and-a-half-ounce well, throw hang ball on, in the tree? That hang on, before we go down, that kind of bark, it. no less. Yeah, right? no, right? This is crazy. So here's the, here's the thing. This is crazy. Here's this, the, is <laughs> this, is <laughs> this is what I'm angling for by even bringing this topic up. We think what we're doing is a physical endeavor, and physicality plays into it. But as we all know, those who get to the highest levels, it's, it ceases to be it's merely. It's, it, it's totally mental. It's, it's far beyond mental. Yeah, it's will. It's a Iron spiritual. Iron will. Yeah. It's a spiritual. <laughs> it's, a, it's a melding of the physical and the well, you know what? I, I That's th- hang on, hang on. Let me, let, me, let me bring this back because we have a, cha- a world champion here. To wit. Yeah. That, can, that can attest to what we're talking yeah. about because you literally achieved the goal of becoming world champion tree climber. And I, how did you do it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 First off, give me a break. I just, I mean, it seemed like it was a perfect timing. To talk about, you know? No, I, Dan is tied into it, and that's, I'm yeah. trying to draw it out. It's kind yeah. of like, tell us your spiritual What's secret. What's secret? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> what, is, what were you in touch with? Because uh, that's clearly it. And you we've, bribing the yeah. judges. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you were talking about throw ball, and I, I've spent so much time with throw ball. So as you were talking about throw ball and, and him moving it and stuff, and I've, I've spent so much time just using my brain, like, no, that, no, you know, just like forcing that ball with my brain to manipulate it in the the tree. And I, and I can't explain it. No, you just do this or that. And I was just like, no, you got to really think about it. (laughs) You feel it. It's it's more than thinking. You 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 certainly think about it, 
but you feel yeah. it. Well, you when manipulating the throw ball, if you think about it too much, like it's swinging back and forth, your right. timing is so yeah. precise that if you think about it, you don't get the timing yeah. right. You have to just be in the moment yeah. and like just making yeah. it happen. And you got to recognize when it's at just the right angle. You know, like if it's swinging and you're just like, okay, it's going to miss here. It's going to, you know, you got to kind of get it right at the right time and not just, not hesitate, you know, get yeah. that. Ooh. So you think your throw ball game was a big part of it? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Throw ball is uh, part of winning there. And uh, when I did one. Well, I mean. When I did win, you know, because I, I was at the finals like eight times. Oh, no way. I didn't know that. Yeah. So No way. You were finals eight times. So you got to be you got to be on your game, you know, yeah. and, and that eight was times part in, of, in what time period? Um, so when you say the finals, do you like mean the, the master first, climb? First the time master's it, climb at the international. Yeah. But I mean, the first time you hit finals to when you actually got the world uh, champion. Was, what was uh, the time frame? Uh, from 98 was the first year and 2005. 98 to 205. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And then so, I was in the finals once after. So you were up at that level of competition for several years before you actually started, like, wh when did the sights, when were your sights on Worlds? Like, oh, when right, did that right, right at the beginning. So I was, I was competing in Hawaii, you know, and uh, when I first heard about tree climbing competition, I was already a good climber. Nice. And, and I missed the first one. I think I missed the second one. And then, uh, finally, cause I had to fly to another Island to go to it. And so we had to figure out when it was, you know, and I'm counting on my dad. And finally my dad's like, okay, this kind of competition's coming up. And so, you know, he paid my way and it was a great trip and everything. Nice. And, uh, well, anyway, I started winning that, you know, cause it was like a sport and I was like, Oh, now this is my new sport, you know. I just like <laughs> when I when I get hooked on something, I jump into it, and I'm just like all like about it, you know. And uh, but there's no books. Usually, you buy a bunch of books. Like, oh, okay, I want to learn how to do this, and you like, go to the bookstore or something. But tree climbing, you got to make it up, you know. There's no how to train to win a bicycle race, you know. It's <laughs> how to train to win a tree climbing competition, but. Um, and then, so I started winning in Hawaii, and then they sent me to California to compete with them, and I did good over there like, right off the bat. And Jim Harris, you guys know who Jim Harris oh, was? Oh, yeah. Yep. He used to compete down there. Nice. And then, uh, and then next thing I know, he won the internationals. Like, I was reading in the magazine, it's like, Jim Harris won. Yeah, and that was, like, oh, 94 yeah, that like, he won, this. I think, or something like yeah, that. It's like, I I've this. beat him in California. <laughs> yeah. <So> therefore, theoretically, <laughs> I could have won, you know? <laughs> it's, uh, really? So that's what... Yeah, like, that's just like, like, like oh, yeah, that's... Confidence. It. Right. Awesome. And, that, and that, you know, you got to have something, because... After work, who wants to go climb trees? I mean, you guys do, but when my in my world over there, no one did. Everyone's drinking yeah. beers or whatnot, and they thought they laughed and thought it was funny that I, like, the joke was, "I'm not climbing a tree unless I'm getting paid." Are you crazy? Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and so it was kind of wreck climbing. But uh, wow, that's yeah. cool. So, so you you realized that you were in the race, but. But you never would have really suspected, like, in the running up in your training and becoming an arborist or just, like, 
you know, through your experience in uh, hanging out with your family business in Hawaii and uh, and all that, you never would have expected that you would have um, entered a, you know, world's best tree climber competition. Right. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden just, it's like one thing led to the next and you kept bettering and bettering your skills and then you got to the level and it became yeah. apparent that you could yeah. do it. Yeah. And the the goal or the sights were were in your in your like the goal was in your sights. Still took about seven years for it. One. Yeah. <laughs> seven years from when you started training to when you knew that you could do it. Uh seven years. I think it was seven years from the the time I first went, you know, of my first international was seven years. And did you have confidence then? Yeah, first I was first overall in the prelims at you my first it? at my first internationals. <laughs> I was first overall in the prelims, so I was like, "Oh, I got this." Yeah. I screwed up my masters, but there's <laughs> yeah. next year. Oh, yeah. And then oh, yeah. you know how it is to get cocky, right? Oh, yeah. So oh, next yeah. year oh, I didn't make the finals. Yeah. I went from first to one point away from making the finals, so it kind of humbled me. It's like, "Oh no, I you don't not it's not a guarantee I'm getting to the final." But that's good. That's all the stepping stones. First right, you got first, man. and that gave you the confidence. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you didn't get there, which taught yeah. you, hey, now I really got to work. You got to be <laughs> you know, on. I better be on it. Yeah, right. that's oh, yeah. cool. The building blocks. Right, and you you so tell the, yourself the, it's the just going to be sweeter. It's just going to be sweeter next <laughs> yeah. year. Right? Yeah. The level <laughs> expectation rose and rose yeah. and rose and rose yeah. until you made it to be the champion. And the year before I won, I came in second. By the closest margin they've ever had, by oh, one third right. of a point. Oh. To Betis? To Betis. Yeah. yeah. And then, and I thought this, and I was already been doing it for a while, <laughs> and I started training less and less, more family, and I was like, well, this might be the best I, I get. Yeah. That was my closest oh, shot so right you there. Oh, so you were feeling like this was the one. Yeah. You I, knew well, it before it happened. Well, you I was, know, I just got to say, I've never made the connection. I, I always heard Betis, but it, I'm... Tonight I heard badass. Yeah, 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 it's fitting. Well, when I saw him fucking uh, footlock up between the uh, uh, the buildings. skyscrapers, yeah. that pretty much established badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I know yeah, what I, you're talking no, about. It I is badass, say, but that's just the yeah, German accent is badass. badass. <laughs> so what I want to say is, I would contend that all the champions, every single one of the champions. What differentiates them from the folks below is being in touch with that spiritual component. What is that? What is that? That when we're in the zone, when things can't go wrong, when we know we are dialed in, we're on the righteous path, when we're meant to win because it has to be, what is that? That is what. And I don't think it even has to be like a, Oh, I mean, I think it helps with the world championship, but even that throw ball shot that, mm -hmm. you know, I made the other day, it was just a throw ball shot, but I went, I didn't go into it like, Oh, I got to make a throw ball shot. Oh, you know, I got to hit this shot cause to get in the line so I can get the work done. It was just like, Oh man, I haven't, I haven't shot throw ball for a while. I want to, you know, I just like, it's me against myself. Mm -hmm. I want to throw a throw ball. This will mm -hmm. be fun. There is no, there was no competition on it. Well, that's not true. There's always anytime <laughs> someone grabs a throw ball, you find that spot, and there's a competition with yourself. I do remember thinking, Andrew, we're trying to get up 150 feet. Yeah, Andrew, what are you doing with that throw? Andrew, yeah. 
we have a crossbow and a, a, a yeah a slingshot. What are you doing? That, and there was competition there. Damn. <laughs> yeah. He's wow. got skills. There, there yeah, is competition there. Yeah. But I wasn't doing it for the competition. You know, I was doing it because I was just standing around, and I was like, well, at least I'll look busy if I'm throwing a throw ball right now. <laughs> and if you're going to throw a throw ball, you're going to try to do your best. You know right. what I mean? It, you don't grab a throw ball right. without being like, I wonder how high I can throw this. <laughs> you know? So, But I think that's part of it is it's personal. You know, like you're saying, it's like you just want to do it. Curious, Corey, what would you say has been the scariest or most daunting tree <coughs> experience you've had? Oh, um, I don't know. There's a couple. Um, early in my career, um, I was working in a Douglas fir tree, and we were. It wasn't a very big one. It was probably 70-ish feet, maybe. And I w- uh, the wind was, like, really gusting. I was It was early in the career. And, uh, like, I, I was just not comfortable in this tree. I was just terrified. And, you know, I was whipping all around, and the whole thing just felt like it was going to go over at any second. We've knowing, all been there. Yeah, right. And knowing what I know now, it's like, yeah, it's a dug fur. You're going to be fine. Just get up to the top but like I, I i just physically could not get up to the top and the it was one of my trainer was the guy on the ground and he's like just keep going up like just keep going up and i i chickened out and i i took like half of the like i i basically did half of the tree and took the top there right and it it fell over it was going the way i wanted it to go and then this huge gust came and it blew it right into a, a white picket fence oh. and it smashed that picket fence and just just obliterated this picket fence. <laughs> it was it was bad, but um, you know I I kind of I took a lot away from that. It was just like I could have avoided that. Like if I would have just gone up another thirty feet, if I would have just gone up another twenty feet, ten feet even, like I probably could have avoided that situation. But yeah, no that that stuck with me, um, and that was that was one that I still think about. It's like just you know just just buck up, maybe just. Wait just a little bit, just, you know, get your bearings and then go up a little bit higher, go up a little bit higher. But that was, that's one that still rides with me right now. Nice. Yeah. We all have those, for lack of a better word, I, I, those spiritual moments, I'm, I, I keep grasping for that where it's, it's not just an experiential situation. It's not a cerebral or learning based it it goes to the core of our being and it's a formative experience and it's those those of us who have had them we can we can see those when we meet someone who's like yeah you've had one you've had several you've you've worked through it and you're committed and you're part of that that group of folks who have experienced tree connection and yeah and then my my other story is actually it it is a little bit more tied into that like i just wasn't in tune with the tree that i was climbing so it was uh probably a f- 40 50 foot apple right um it had been like a typical apple it was probably 100 years old it was a really really old apple so it had been topped previously right and you know brought down to like typical apple brought down so you could actually collect the apples but the property had been left alone for probably 
20 or 30 years. And so it had gotten out of control, right? And again, an experienced climber, and there were a lot of a lot of things that I didn't do. But the biggest thing that I didn't do correctly is I didn't I didn't pay attention to the body language of the tree. I wasn't in tune with what was going on. A because I didn't really have the knowledge, and B because I just I was in a rush and I was just I had to get up to the top. I had to start doing my thing, right? Well, so it had a it was the the base of it was kind of like a Y, and um, I was climbing up one half of it. And we were t- I was reducing it by about 50%, taking out the tops of it and trying to reduce some of that leverage arm on it, right? And we were speed lining the tops out. There was a fence right next to us. Um, and then it was, um, there was like a blackberry briar right underneath me, right? So speed lining it out away from the blackberry briar into the backyard. So we were doing that. I was taking these tops out. And one of them got stuck up in the blackberry briar. My groundsman, also inexperienced, was sitting there reefing on it. And it pulled the entire tree over. And I, oh. fell, I fell out with the tree. Oh! I landed on a metal T-post. Oh! And it it came inches with, like, it. I still have the helmet with a dent in it. It came inches uh, away from, like, severing my neck. Like, just, oh. I, it would have been Dang. so bad. And that was all just because I wasn't in tune with what was going on. A, because I didn't have the knowledge. I was in over my head. I was rushing. There was a lot of things there. But if I would, if I had been in that proper space, if I had had that proper knowledge, if I was just, you know, if I was jiving with that tree a little bit differently, like none of that would have happened. And I would have, A, I wouldn't have had the the lesson that I got from that. And now I don't, I try to take that with me in pretty much every job that I do now. Mm-hmm. And uh, like there's, there's times when I forget it and there's times when I like get in a rush and then I always regret it. Like it always, something goes wrong and I'm just like, why didn't I just, I know this, like I know this, just slow down, take a breath, just really feel it kind of thing. But that, that, that one's more of my like, I guess spiritual, yeah. like in tune with what I'm doing kind of thing. We all have those just moments when we could have and should have died, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. And those are the moments I love to focus on. You said, oh, yeah, what were you thinking of, Dan? Well, I've just had a long career. I've had a lot of moments where I should have been dead. How about the ones that you said, oh, I was not aligned in the ways that I should have been or focused or whatever? Oh, yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, it's you, you run into problems on the job sites, and some people are like, oh, big problem, probably not going to get done. And some people like almost find those problems. And I've always kind of like, no, when I see a problem, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to send it into the end zone <laughs> and, you know, put my chin down. And sometimes that can get you in a lot of trouble. You know, like I, I think Craig was talking about the yellow flags building up, you know, on job sites and, yeah. and having that iron, you know, iron will can't, yeah. can't always do it. There's this thing called physics, right? And they have laws. And, uh, so yeah, physics wins every time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> physics isn't ever going to not be physics. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And time pressure. That's definitely one of the biggest, uh, common oh. con constant and kind of like, Oh yeah, I should, if I had time, I would do this, but I don't have time. So I'm going to do this. Uh-huh. And I, yeah. Or you start moving too fast. Things yeah. are going too smooth. You're just kind of knocking it, knocking it, and you're you're not slowing down just a little bit. And all of a sudden, 
one little part gets missed. Yeah. And that one little part is crucial. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's so easy to get caught up in the production side of things. Mm-hmm. When, you know, the best work you do is when you're not rushing anyways. Right. And you usually get done faster when you're not rushing, uh-huh. you know, because it goes What's back your to... favorite motto? Slow is steady and steady is fast. Yeah. One of them. And what, what, uh, what would you say is an uh, uh, incident that comes to mind for you, Andrew? Um, In terms of kind of, oh, that was close. Uh, yeah, there's been quite a few all, stupid yeah. things I've done over the years. That an expert is someone who's made every conceivable mistake in a given field and lived to tell about it. So All right, I'll I'll tell I'll tell about a really stupid one that I did a long time ago. We were out, we we're on a property out in the country, you know, and so there was a, a big distance between where different people were working. So I kind of was like, there was some fir trees out, out at the front of the driveway, and we we're gonna limb them up. You know, lift them up to like, you know, 15, 20 feet above the driveway or something like that. And they, uh, they're pretty young trees. So they had branches going all the way to the ground, you know, and the, everybody else was back by the house working. And I was like, I'm just going to grab this and saw and go run and take, you know, pull saw and a chainsaw. And I'm going to go take care of them. And I was looking at it. I was like, this is a ladder. I can just walk up the, you know, 20 feet up on these branches on the backside and shave them off with the chainsaw as I go down. I didn't have any climbing gear, you know, but I was like, if I just run up there and cut, 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 I'll be done so fast, you know, and I'm just going to crush like these five or six trees. And so I get up to about 20 feet and I start cutting and you know how it is with the saw. You're cutting the weight of the saws being supported by the branch you're cutting. And then I get through and I, the added weight in the, that little bump of uh, energy just breaks the branch under me oh and i just it just it was like break 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 all the way down from about 20 feet up just riding this like and everyone slowed me down a little bit wow you know so i was just like all the way down and then i just boom was sitting on a on a big pile of branches so it's like fully saw like it didn't hurt me at all yeah it was nothing but a thing right but it was just like what the hell did i just do you know you can just totally visualize that oh and just what you're visualizing is how it was like down to the ground like it was a it was a natural machine you know the machine to slow you down with every crack 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 yeah deceleration branches exactly but man did i feel like an idiot not only that but i had lifted the canopy on the backside of the tree also <laughs> as I went down. So there's no hiding what I did just did. You know? But yeah, and huh. I mean, that's classic to what you're saying of, you know, I was trying to be all, find this workaround to the, you know, if I had just taken my time and, you know, cut the branches, it doesn't take long. You know, they're just little branches, fir branches. You can get a pulse on and just limb up one side real quick. But I thought I was real clever and had found that trick to just, you know, climb up the backside, cut, 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 cut. And, uh, yeah. And I got so really what's lucky. A, what's the take home message? Uh, slow is steady and steady is fast. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you, if you, and gosh, I, you know, I train a lot of people that are getting into the industry and, and starting off from scratch. And that's the first thing that I tell them is take it slow. 
just take it slow. Don't be in a rush. You know, don't try and prove yourself. Just and I would do contend it that that is what shifted for me when I was first starting out. I could never figure out how these folks would finish the tree in half the time. Yeah, same. They were so efficient and. I'm like, oh, I'm working so much harder than they are. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I realized, oh. It's because you don't know how to move. Yeah. And, and it's you a don't time factor. Yeah. It's a time traveler <laughs> factor. You learn how. Uh, it's a weird thing that you, you learn, learn within You learn how to manipulate like time. A, yeah, it's and weird. And a time traveler where I am I feel like I'm slacking. I'm like, oh, wow. Well, that and worked out. one yeah. thing I learned is that if you push really hard, you just like, I'm going to sprint through this. You'll get to a point where you're just tired and you'll stop and take a break in the tree. You'll just be like, oh, I'm just worn out. But if you just kind of go through the motions, you know, you don't try to rush too fast. You just kind of do what you got to do and you just keep a real steady pace. Then, you know, next thing you know, you're going to be done. You didn't stop and take that break. You didn't pump out. You're ready to do the next tree. You know, so I think that's a big part of it is kind of learning that balance of trying to really uh the idea of rushing physically compared to working efficiently mm-hmm. you know is a is a really big when you figure that out that kind of levels up your game and it's the type of thing if you you can fall back on that also you know i've i've had times where i find myself pushing and i'm like what am i doing you know i'm i'm trying to power through this it's not about powering through it it's about figuring out the order of operations and then just working through it yeah, in a, I've got a, in a great, good way. I, I've got a great, great story <laughs> along those lines that is very recent and very relevant and really scary, to be honest with you, and, and not something I'm proud of uh, you know, talking about, but I will. That's what this podcast is about, is talking uh, about stuff you're not proud of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, you story know, of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. But then... Um, you know, I was on a, I was on a job. I I did the, I did the bid. It's a big fur removal, real big one. You know, it, it's at least forty, maybe forty six inches at the base and one hundred and fifty feet tall, big tree, up at the top of a hill in the backyard, and um, basically, we're shredding through it. You know, we're doing the tree, we're getting it down, and. Um, at the at the end, we were lo- lowering the ro- the wood off itself. You know, it was negative rigging, uh, just fucking chunking it down. We were taking about, we were trying to keep it because our our lower downs are rated at ten thousand pounds, and so I always tell the guys keep it under a thousand pounds. If you're you can do whatever you want with a thousand pounds if it's rated at ten thousand pounds. Get stay to a ten to one ratio. That's what I always tell the guys. Say at a ten to one ratio, whether it's your climbing line, your rigging line, whatever it is, say at a ten to one ratio. When at all possible. You can go below that, that's cool. You know, but whenever you can, stay at the ten to one ratio. And um so we were, you know, pushing the, the envelope on these these big rounds, you know, big logs coming down at a thousand pounds with our ten thousand pound, you know, rigging line and uh, it was a big day, you know, it was hot. It was really hot and uh, long, long day for the climber. And he's up there fucking shredding hard. And then, uh, you know, he fucked up. He didn't tie off the, he, he set the whole thing up. He just didn't put it through the ring on the lower down. 
Uh. You know, he forgot to put the... And and you, that's kind of the uh, initial step is to put the lower down through the ring before you connect it onto the piece that you're lowering down. The pulley, the ring, it's all the same thing. Yeah. The anchor that you're lowering it off yeah. of. And so he didn't he didn't do it. I mean, he had he had already lowered a couple hundred limbs and pieces of wood down. He's tired as fuck, and uh, he forgot to do it. So this big eight hundred maybe thousand pound piece of wood came. Barreling down. Free fall. Free like fucking fall, man. And it's on wow. a hill slanted toward the house. It's oh, like the whoa. worst nightmare uh, that you've ever fucking seen. Nice house. Beautiful house. Of course it was. And I fucked up, man. I mean, it was. I, I'm not in the field as much as I used to be, and I make judgment calls really fast because that's just who I am. But I, I jumped in front of it. Oh, You know, wow. I jumped in front of that piece that came down. It's like a thousand-pound piece of wood. Oh. And it's rolling down the hill. And I put out a grunt and it, oh, to, and I braced my feet and my arms to stop. Like everybody, everybody here stopped a piece of wood here or there rolling yeah. down the hill. Yeah. Like I did the same thing, but like a hundred times right. higher stakes because it's a <laughs> thousand like pound piece of wood, <laughs> not like that's, a that's couple like, hundred pound piece that, of wood. <laughs> that's basically a car rolling towards you right now. And yeah. the, it was the weirdest thing that... The um, the log wrapped around the lower down on the way down the hill, and the lower down was wrapped around the GRCS. Uh huh. Oh. And like literally, like at the exact moment that the thousand pound you. piece of wow. wood hit my hands, like it hit my hands as it stopped. Wow. Okay, so I'm just here to say <laughs> this wow. is a, this is what I'm aiming like for about week. the spirituality. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is wow. what I'm talking about, the spirituality of trees. Crazy. Some people would say <laughs> it was just a, a configuration of the, the sure. configuration of the rope and this and that. Just a, just a, I, a subject of surf- circumstance. I would contend it was about your intention, about your history. <sighs> about your role oh in the, the broader universe. There is a reason you're here on this podcast it tonight in contrast to a piece of jelly yeah. underneath. Oh. Yeah, this might not be happening right now. Andrew would be yeah. visiting yeah, me no. in the hospital. Right. Yeah, you if you had just gotten <laughs> run over by a piece yeah, of wood. one of those casts where your legs <laughs> and your arms are straight like up I in the I did the Logweight Pro. If anybody's <laughs> out there that doesn't know about the Logweight Pro, it's an awesome app. You know, go to your app store or whatever it is, Log Weight Pro. It'll tell you how much fucking wood weighs and how much you should be lowering off of what kind of picks or whatnot. It's uh-huh. a very great, great piece of, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know. Great for crane. Tool too. in your toolbox. Yeah, yeah great crane for crane work. Oh, yeah. You know Log Weight Pro? I do. I yep. use it, yeah. He's on it. He knows. Yeah. Yep. Dan's on it. Cool. But it's a it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, God. it's a God. pleasure to have you here. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. my gosh! So yeah, it's this tough. is so. Oh, what was yeah. going? Uh, it was fight I, or flight, man. It was just like it was fight or flight. Wow. It happened so fast. I thought it was tied off. I mean, you can imagine if you're yeah. sitting at the base of the tree or standing at the All base of, of the tree, like, looking up, and it just keeps going. It takes a second. You're like, you what think, is going on? Yeah. There's not what? enough time to comprehend yeah. what is going on. What yeah. can I do? What are the you know things that I can do to stop this from happening? Except wow. for just put yourself in front of it. I don't know. Wow. I mean, I just, yeah. that, that's just what I did. You, I, I'm you not saw. proud of it. I'm not proud of it. I, I should yeah. not have done that. It's why I purchase liability insurance. It <laughs> should not have been anything I ever yeah. did right. yeah. at all. Like, and no, you I'm not telling an anybody. I'm not and a you might fire person. an employee who yeah. did that. Yeah, that's a poor decision 
yeah, for yeah. anybody to do 100 percent wow. like I, I think it's 50 50 i give myself 50 50 whether or not i could stop it and it's based on if my feet would have slid back and and caught wow. the load right or if i would have tripped and fallen right if i would have slid back i would have stopped it but if uh-huh. i would have tripped and fallen uh-huh. it would have rolled me over like oh. and it would have broke my bones for sure oh. yeah. but but i've been in the situation a million times i've thought about it a lot it's been a couple of days and uh and I, I think it's 50-50. I might have been wow. able to stop it. Like, you know, I feel like I might have I, been able to. Wow. <laughs> I appreciate your confidence, but you, <laughs> physics always wins, bro. Physics, wow. physics well, always wins. Physics wow. on it, though. Like, well, I'm a strong uh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but even a piece of wood swinging yeah. with the crane. Yeah, the, I've tried it, to stop something swinging, and it's yeah. just like, oh, I should not have done that. Yeah. that it's so a lot heavy. of weight. A thousand pounds. It's not just... You're not talking about lifting a thousand pounds. That's that's still. You're talking no. about a thousand pounds rolling down a hill at you. <laughs> but at the same time, we're also talking about like, I don't know. This is kind of weird. It's a little woo woo y. But like what that's Scott was what saying the topic is true. Yeah. Yeah. What Scott right? was saying is true. Like it wasn't fucking meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and that that's why wasn't that maybe, wasn't what was going to happen that day. Maybe right. that's why the rope grabbed it because the my, universe didn't want you to be above. Like, <laughs> that's it's what like I'm talking be about. A better and example. That's, right. that's what like, we need to get in touch oh with. God. We've yeah. all had dozens of. We've collectively have well over a hundred years experience here, and I look back and I when I look at the grave mistakes I've made. <sighs> Like me, a couple days ago. Grave mistakes. It's a perfect example. Uh, I should be dead, but what has kept me here in the game? It's the birds. Uh, the birds. Yeah. <laughs> it's the soil. It's it, the the atmosphere. Kind of. Oh, I've got a higher purpose to serve, and I know it's so easy to stray into the realm of. Woo 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 and yeah <laughs> and and get off track, but it's a we, real thing. We've all felt it, and oh, what I would man. say is that glint. Going back, that glint in the eye. I remember meeting each and every one of you for the first time. I remember meeting each and every one of you for the first time and seeing you're one of the tribe. You're you're part of the tribe, no doubt about it. Just that that glint in the eye, and just kind of that. I can't put a. I, You've definitely got it. I, yeah. Oh yeah. I Without know. a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> and just it's it's we've all felt it. You know you know yeah. what I'm talking about yeah, when you. Yeah. That's a, a genuine tree person. I don't. Yeah. yeah no doubt. Yep. Yep. No. Oh. No. <laughs> you talk a good talk. Yeah. No, no, no. You talk a good talk, but I think you do meth after work. So <laughs> that's, that's a different one. Even, even folks who are living wholesome lives but aren't totally. in touch, who may be cerebral tree people yeah, or emotional tree people, but not... I, spiritual I, tree people. people tell us oh i've heard that your company charges a lot more than other companies and i every time i tell them it's because we care you get what you pay for yeah. Yeah, it's because we care we care about everything we do and you get a hundred percent uh uh guarantee 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're not satisfied, then we're not going to charge you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you that, know? So we right. care. That's one of the best things that Sperry's done, and they've done it from day one. If you don't, if someone calls up and says, "I'm not happy, I don't want to pay for that," they say, "Okay, uh-huh. you know, I I don't feel like I'm willing to pay that price." All right, well, what price are you willing to pay? I remember and, uh, when working uh, in that capacity, we did a cabling job for these folks, a majestic oak, and we cabled this tree, and then we braced. Uh, using, uh, or we used a prop, a natural prop. Yeah. And then they didn't pay. And I remember feeling, they, they, oh, they were so dishonest because I did the bid and did the whole thing. And it was like a $3,000 job and just felt, and then I'm like, you know what? In the grand scheme of things, this is as it should be. Well, and it's because why were you doing that job? To take care of the tree. Yeah, it was a majestic oak tree. That yeah. Day. Oh, I remember hanging out with Scott Altenhoff when I was a young buck, way back in the day, and he was the climber on the job working at Sperry. And, uh, oh, I always remember this. This is just something I remember all the time. But there was a tulip poplar that he was removing. He was in the tree, and I was on the ground, and there was just aphids like you wouldn't fucking believe just <laughs> shitting on me. They call it honeydew. Honeydew. Yeah. Honeydew was coming down like a rainstorm, and I was just, I was trying to prove myself so hard for Scott because I respected him so much. You know, I mean, uh, Doug and Jeff revered him, and uh, and I would take the biggest pieces I possibly could across the yard while being shit on by aphids. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is hardcore. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> I'm being shit on by insects while trying to impress this person that I really revere. <laughs> like, it's not working out so good for me. <laughs> But yeah. it ultimately Cut that tree did. down. It <laughs> ultimately worked out. So. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to get shit on physically, <laughs> spiritually. <laughs> but I just wanted to impress Scott just like I wanted to impress Doug. You know, I just wanted to be the best fucking ground person I could be and haul the biggest piece or, or you know, fix the chipper the fastest. If it's clogged, I want to get that fucker unclogged so fast. That's just what I wanted so bad. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was fire, man. And and hey, if you're just starting out in the game, find that fire. Oh man. Yeah. 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 Find yeah. that yeah. passion. Yeah. Find someone that's worth freaking getting shit on for. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all worth it, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. It, the beer's colder at the end of the day. Oh, man. That's true. I'll bet that beer tasted great. <laughs> it's true. The harder the job, the more you, it took for you to earn it. Oh, right? my God. The better it tastes, yeah. you know? It, it's almost like, a, you know, you're a team. At the end of the day, you have this euphoria. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. just like, yeah, we did it. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, Dan and Scott, both. I would like to ask you both the same question, and it's very different for both of you because um, you guys have different roles in the organizations you're working in. But, um, like, what's your ultimate goal 
in the organization that you're working with? What, what, if, uh, how do you measure your success? At, like within the profession or within the organization? Just whatever the fuck you're doing. Yeah. You know, I don't care, man, if you're at work or not. Just like, how do you measure your success? I don't know how I measure my success. I just, I find things that I want to do and I just jump into it. And that's what keeps yeah. me going. I, like woodworking or, or a project that I'm on, I just like oh, my masterpiece, or you know, <laughs> you know, just like just get into it, and that's what I like. Well, gave, what besides gave you my the, family, of course. What gave you the drive to become the champion? Uh, your family? Just, was it yourself? Was it just a thought? It was a. Uh, it was something I thought I could do. And I like doing it. I like doing the tree. I like doing it. So I would just. It came naturally. Uh, yeah, it came naturally. No, and I like. <laughs> so I kind of. Cool. Oh, I like. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> well, the tree climbing, you know, the tree climbing oh, is so much I fun. Do. Yeah. The clumps are so much fun. And it's it's a fun sport. It was it, meant it's to be. It's fun practicing. It's it's. Uh, you know, it, you you go into the trees to practice or whatnot, and 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 the people I meet, right? You know, so you did it because you wanted to. It was yeah, it was. And there's no money. No one was there's no you money. Had to. You know, no, it, no it, one it, said you need to do this, Dan. Right, right. This is what yeah, you right. should do. No, it wasn't to impr it uh, was impress 100%. my father. It, it was, wasn't all about impressing no. my father. It was all, I well, do, certain I am things happy probably have been. Certain things probably yeah. have been. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> but but it was for you, and it was natural, and right. it was totally just what right. was meant to be. Right. Oh, wow. I would love to ask Ben is the same question. Yeah. <laughs> but, Scott, Scott, what's your what's your goal? What's your Driving force. Driving force is what I'm sitting in the midst of right now. I feel so... I've, I've known you guys for so long, and just to make <laughs> a positive contribution in the world to influence people and inspire folks and to lead by... Positive and negative example. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't do this. Do this uh, if you can and uh, make a, a difference and do good things. And So it's like leave the world better than you found it. Yeah, leave it. Be yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's not unlike parenting, honestly. Yeah. My daughter is reaching that stage where she's about to fledge and just kind of be happy. Be yourself. Do good. You are awesome. Help me help you do what you're meant to do and help. That's where I find my purpose is nice. kind of, it's, it's not a what about personal achievement. I've long ago realized what I can achieve is so small, but what I can leverage. Influence. Yeah. What I can leverage, yeah. what I can inspire, <laughs> What I can empower other folks to do yeah. um, is so... That's much more. And I feel the same so way. So much more gratifying. Know, so Providing I'm, the opportunity to other people is wonderful. Well, I think that's one... You do one so much of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's one of the lessons of parenting, right? When Before, before you're a parent, 
I mean, you can un- you can definitely understand the power of inspiring somebody before you're a parent. But it's one of those shifts that happens when you're just trying to, you know, uh, do good yourself. I'm going to be a great arborist and I'm going to, you know, uh, prune this tree really good. But then when you're a parent and you start teaching a kid and seeing them take it to another level and you start really seeing, you know, it's the same thing as if you take on a mentor, you know, and you start teaching them and you get another mentor and you start teaching them. Even if you're not mentoring them, even if you're just working on a crew for 10 years and you've worked with 20 different people and you've taught them and they've taught you and then they've gone on to share tricks and you've taught the tricks they've taught you and you start seeing how knowledge is shared and how the world starts becoming a better place. You know, it's, uh, it, it, I mean, I think that's kind of what you're talking about. The, you know, the, the, I don't know if it's the meaning of life. You know, that's a bigger question that I'm not even going to try to understand, (laughs) but it's the meaning of like sharing your existence with somebody else. Yeah. Getting back to the original topic is spirituality of trees. That's really achieving goals and becoming more what you want to be. It's like, don't compare yourself to who uh, uh, someone else is today. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's like that's just yeah. become a better person. That's yeah. what. That's what. As you, much as you can. And enjoy the you know? ride. And yeah. enjoy. And yeah. if you don't, if you if you fucking don't do it, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, that's totally okay. But try. If you can, then do it. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, just like that—that that thought that you have, or that imagination that's going through your mind before you go on that big takedown. Can I do this or can I not do this? Well, try. If you can't do it, cool. That's fine. Then come down, and you totally have that option. And don't feel like that's not okay, you know. But try it, and it's likely you'll fucking do it. Yep. Yeah. Hey, uh, that's the that's the hardest step. Sometimes is trying it. You know, sometimes over overcoming that, like, can I do it? Right. Should I even try to do it? Yeah. That that might be the biggest step you got to do in the oh, process. Man, that was such a hard, hard uh, place for me to be. I was 21 years old, and my mom asked me, can you run Pacific Tree Climbing Institute as a guide? I'm 21 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, yeah, I'll do it. And I did. And that was the biggest decision that I ever made in my life in terms of what, like, uh, made my future. Yeah, it's, it's defining. I never, never would have been in that position or that opportunity without Scott. Yeah. You know, Scott taught me just enough for me to know. Just enough. The bare minimums. I mean, I had learned from Doug Hornaday at Sperry Tree Care and... And learned how to climb up and down the smaller trees. And Scott and I had, like, gone scouting and climbed less than a handful together. But we climbed some trees. Mm-hmm. And then my mom asked me, can you do it? And I said, yeah, I can do it. And well, I did. And, and that it was, and that, just, just that decision. It's like, make the decision. Do mm-hmm. it. Yes. Just have the confidence that you can do it. Even I didn't know if I could or not. But I knew that I could decide not to. <laughs> I remember like at that point. I remember just going right on. <laughs> like we'll see what happens. Yeah. And that's the same. I probably had the same feeling as you did at that time. <laughs> no, no, it, it was. Uh, it's like I we'll was, see what happens, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and right it worked. On. You know, it, it worked rest, out. It, the it's rest is dissolved is now. Now it's yeah. dissolved. The company is dissolved. 
And it but, was success. We took thousands well, and no, thousands no. of people. Well, no, legally the company is dissolved, but what it added to you and what it added oh, to everybody yeah, involved will yeah, never yeah. be dissolved because that's the spirit, that's the soul of it. Yeah, you, took, you, you were just saying you uh, took thousands and thousands of people up into trees. Thousands and thousands. That's thousands and thousands. Reverberation. Yeah, yeah, it's a compound interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we were just talking about sharing knowledge and, and giving people yeah. new experiences and whatnot. Hey, hey, Scott, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh, go yeah. for it. Yeah, I don't have headphones on, but uh, how does this sound? Great, Sounds great. Good? Yep, yep, we're good so, to go. <clears throat> oh, there's no more wire for the headphones, so you might have to scoot Ooh, a little closer anyway? to. Uh, oh yeah, who is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to introduce this yourself. Guest we have? Who is this mystery, mystery guest? Just showed up. <laughs> yeah, I'm the behind the scenes guy. Yeah, right? <laughs> my name's Eric DeBoard. I'm the guy who like, if all systems are running smooth and you never see me. That's me. Yeah. I'm that guy. I'm, I'm kind of like the behind-the-curtain guy. You see tree thinking videos, the stuff yeah. we've done with yeah. tree stuff or any All of that stuff. stuff. That's Eric Eric's like, wheelhouse. I'll, I'm happy to set two or three cameras up in a tree. I, I love that, and you never see me in any of them. It's perfect. <laughs> but, uh, there's, there's the PTCI, but there's also the free TCI. Yeah. Right. So now that the now that the company has been dissolved, right, I've got enough gear for a couple extra folks. There you go. And it's yep. unlike that. Um, <laughs> free TCI. The free free TCI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so it's sorry. free. But yeah. basically, it's a, well, I, here's I'm the deal. Here's the deal. TCI. I got a couple. I would probably enjoy it more. <laughs> yeah. That that was today was free TCI. It was. It was. <laughs> I got two extra saddles and I got two extra setups. I got myself, I can take two other people, and it's great. But, like, today, so today, we took uh, Jenny Engel and her partner. Uh, Mickey. Mickey, thank you very much. Sorry. Uh, been a long day. But anyway, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And, you know, it's just a little bit of extra gear. But the reality is you're getting these folks up that would otherwise never get into a tree. Yeah. I don't care about making money off of it. It's invitation only. I'm not... You know, it's not open to everybody. It's only open to people that I like. What right. is it about well, that experience idea. that is yeah. so? We're all tapped but, into it. What well, is that? Well, so wow. here's the deal. Here's the deal. Though. You're, 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 we had a barbecue at her house. You yeah, know, you there's no there's up. no registration or nothing. Right. We just took them up. You know, yeah. That, yeah. that's what we do now. We, instead of uh, paying for it, we just take them for free. Yeah, and I got through that. And that's yeah. what we. That's why we were we were talking about the mayor climb earlier. That's I why think I think that what Eric is talking about is what every fucking arbor should be doing. Take your friends climbing. Get people off the ground. It's going to change their perspective on the world. It's going to change how they think about themselves. It's going to change how they think about each other. Uh-huh. You know, it just, it, it's amazing. It's an amazing experience. And you have to think about it for a minute. So, like, literally, look at this last two-week period that we've had, right? We've had uh, Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos both went to space. No. Oh. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. That's crazy. amazing. And they have taken folks. We're, we are now at the point of, like, recreational recreational intergalactic travel. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. <laughs> Just that, uh-huh. that sentence that we are at the place of recreational <laughs> intergalactic travel. Uh, I've never heard that sentence before. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> there's an impact to that. There's a huge carbon footprint. Big time. That. Mm-hmm. But. But you have to weigh the balance of, and every time we climb a tree, like I, 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 I'm happy to do work climbs. I'm happy to do big removals if it's warranted. That's great. But when we do these big recreational climbs, we have to understand that there's an impact to the tree, right? We may be climbing trees that have never been climbed before, and we're we're making 
rope burns. We're we're, do, we're yeah. doing things to the tree that like there's, there's going to be some amount of impact. So you have to weigh the cost of that. Yeah, right? yeah. Those trees so are homes to certain creatures. But 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 what is the the cumulative effect of taking somebody up into a tree, right? Who is an engineer? Who's a planner? Mm-hmm. Who's a mayor? Who's somebody who can make decisions, right? Big decisions, right? Getting them up there, getting that perspective, having that experience, and then relating that into the real world. That is a very compound interest effect that happens. And it's not with money. It's just with good karma, right? That's yeah. happening. We're putting that out into the world. And so, yeah, it's it's super invitation only. Like, they, you know, I love to take people up into trees, but it's only the folks that I really want to take up into trees. Let's face it. I'm not going to make any jokes. Like... This is not. Uh, this isn't bungee jumping. This isn't a uh, um, extreme sport, right? This is more like a meditation type thing. We want right. folks tuned in to the natural world, getting that experience, getting up there, and having that just wonderful moment in a tree, and then relaying that into their everyday life, whatever their occupation is. And it's crazy to think about it, you know. I mean. Well, like that's think? what Scott was thinking before he talked to my mom and started PTCI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that's like the same thing. Yeah. It's like it's a wonderful thing. Everybody wants everybody else to feel how you feel while you're climbing a tree because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it'll change uh, your life. It'll change the way you look at the world. It'll change the way you make decisions or you think about yourself or all these wonderful yeah. changes that you can make in your life. Tree climbing will facilitate that. So will the Will Wim Hof method and other fucking awesome things in life. It's not the only thing that can get you there, but it will help. Mm-hmm. And I love tree climbing. It's changed my life. It's made me the person I am today. I wouldn't. I I'm having a wonderful, amazing time right now because of all the people that are here. This is crazy. It's awesome. We've Eric got some pretty hardcore tree climbers here. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I just I can't tell you how good it yeah. feels you know and it's because i climb fucking trees <laughs> right. mm-hmm. let me get this straight rob are you suggesting that we invite uh, michael pollan to talk about the importance of trees is that what i heard well i think that the experience of climbing a tree is probably very very good for anybody's outlook on the world as a whole, yes. you know, it, it, it's kind of like they say, oh, going to space is going to change how you look at the world. Well, climbing a tree will too. And a lot, <laughs> lot smaller carbon footprint. Yeah. I would say a, a greater karmic return on investment. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it's amazing. Trees, climbing trees, it, it's changed all of our lives mm-hmm. very much for the better. Mm-hmm. And I think that is if every single person in the world were to um, focus on trees as being as important as we do, that the world would probably be a better place. Mm-hmm. Much better place. Actually, if you don't mind, I'd like to share a few things. So... I don't uh, join the podcast very often, right? So we're, we're, we're catching me at a golden moment here. But <laughs> the, uh, the theme tonight that I've heard has been basically what has been your best and what has been your worst experience in trees. Yeah. Mm. So I'll share those, right? Because I'm, nice. I'm not in oh, any way whoa. afraid to admit that, right? <laughs> uh, like, like Scott has said, and it, it rings true, like, you know, the expert is the guy who's made, or gal, who's made all the mistakes. 
you know, basically done everything wrong, right? But there's between that are the high points, right? The times when you, everything just goes right. So I'm going to talk about a few of those real quick. So let's start with the high point. Like we've talked a lot about spirituality and trees, right? And if you'll notice, I'm always the person who is happy to go up and do the first ascent, and I'm always the person who's happy to do the derigging, the last guy, the last person to come down, right? And there's a reason for that, because I really enjoy that moment in the tree alone. Mm -hmm. When you're there, and the tree is moving back and forth in the wind, and I'm talking about, let's say, a big old-growth tree that we're doing a recreational climb. We're taking some folks in. You know, this isn't a work climb that I'm talking about. But I'm talking about a big tree, 300 foot plus, right? And you're there in the top, and everything's happening below. You know, you got your radio on. You're, you're in touch with the ground. Everything's cool, but you're up there, and you're by yourself, which, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert at heart. Like, I, I, I love to be social. I'm sitting around some of the, the, like, premier people in the industry that I work in right now, and this is great. I'm having a wonderful night. But the reality is, as much as I need that time with y'all, I need that time alone. Yeah. And yeah. in that treetop is that time, right? And so we're just up there, right? The tree's moving back and forth. It's swaying in the wind. And the reality is you're gonna, we're going to parse out time. We're going to parse out reality. And I know this is really out there. But every second that has gone past is just a moment in the past. It's cast off. There's the moment that you're in, which is reality, which is now. And there's everything in the future, which is a concept at best, right? So you're up there, and that tree is moving back and forth, and you just feel that. And that's your reality. That really is. You're like, you're tapping into mm-hmm. consciousness at that point. That is a, that is 100%. a, it's a virgin moment. It's a, it's a, it's a, it, it really is. Like, that, that is purity at its best. I, I think that's a spiritual, kind of to tie it into what we are, it's a spiritual thing, and it's something yep. That, Be here now. Yeah, yep. in in religion, it's meant to be. that's what yep. the 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 <laughs> I mean, you know services and stuff focus that in in surfing. That's what that's why people like travel the world and dedicate their life to it because when you're on that wave, you have to be in the moment and you have to hundred percent be focused on exactly what's happening. If you're thinking about what's gonna happen or what happened, you're gonna crash. Yep. And tree climbing does do that same thing because it. Uh, elevate your mind to this this uh fight or flight stage you're not you know you're not yeah it doesn't always well it doesn't always but it always it always heightens your thought process to some point the the reality (laughs) is you hit a finite point when it doesn't matter let me you hit a finite point when it doesn't matter if you stay there forever if you unclip Mm -hmm. and fall to the ground and end it all like you're at that moment of purity right there that's it that's it. You have total control of your environment, and you're just there, and you're tapped yeah, into a, it. A, a kid and, that wouldn't think twice about it and just be walking along the ground just the same as they're walking along a limb yep. might be thinking differently. So it's a part of your development you know, as a person. It's like a kid that doesn't see the difference between walking along a limb that could be harmful or you know, mm-hmm. they, they can't see the depth. They don't uh, know what to be in afraid their, of. In their they don't know what you to know, be vision, of. you know, and so... Uh, there's a difference there, and that's what's really interesting is, you know, kids generally aren't going to be as afraid. And as you get older and 
you have more experience and you have more experience to base the potential experience against and all these things and it becomes scarier and harder to do and like i've seen it directly generally speaking younger kids that are teenagers and like i took a lot of kids that were 13 14 12 years old uh like almost every single one of them could go up the only like mentally <laughs> the only restriction was physical you know, if they physically couldn't do it, then it was not something they could do. But mentally, they could do it. But then as you get older, it's harder and harder to mentally handle the experience. Yeah, it's living in the moment. Kids are wired to live in the moment where grown-ups have developed this whole world and all these responsibilities they have to take care of. That being said, I want to get back to Eric because I want to hear your, your, uh, where you're going with that. Oh, yeah, so, okay. You're doing the high and the low. The high and the low. So I'll talk about, so so really the spirituality piece was my high. I'll talk about the low, and I'm going to talk about two specific incidents because they were, they're very much contrasting, but they're very, they're, they're very uh, uh, worth talking about. Like, these were some really bad mistakes that I made, right? And people should learn from these. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed about it. It just happened. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, sometimes uh, I've been a little bit of a cowboy, right, and and done things that I shouldn't have done. And I think we've all done that. And we don't need to be ashamed of that. We just need to, like, bring it onto the forefront and talk it. about it and learn from it. So <laughs> so two incidents. So one, uh, I was working on 8th Street between Washington and Jefferson in Eugene. Some folks will know that. Some folks won't. Uh, really busy intersection. And it's on the bus line, the public transit line. Working with a crew, I'm in a London plane tree. My tie-in point's probably 60 feet up. But the reality is that the trees span the entire length of the road. Way beyond, like, over two lanes of traffic, right? And this is a road where there's, uh, it's 25 miles per hour, but there's a lot of traffic. A lot of pedestrian traffic, a lot of car traffic, a lot of bike traffic, and it's a bus line. And this tree spans the entire length, both lanes. It's into the trees on the other side of the road, right? So I'm working it and deadwooding it, doing some weight reduction. Really a nice tree. So I want to take the time to, like, style it out, make it look good, right? So I'm doing that. And I'm hanging out over the center of the road. And I got coworkers who are doing traffic control and debris control underneath. And... I get to this point where, you know, we, we have to let traffic through. We're stopping traffic. We have flaggers. And there's this situation where everybody's been in this situation where you have to take, you have to deal with the tail of your rope. And you've got multiple oh. options. You can put it in the bag, but there's an, inner, an inertia point where if a little bit of it slips out, that's fine. But if too much of it slips yeah, out, it all goes out, <laughs> and it yeah. goes out really fast. <laughs> or you can coil it up, and you can tie it off, and you can, that's very secure, Right. So I'm, I'm trying to do this, but it's, again, a little bit of production pressure, a lot of traffic. Uh, and so what I did was I coiled the rope up, and I just hung it on a nub. I'd cut some de- a dead branch, hung it on a nub. So I've got all my rope, the, all the tail of my rope, it's hung on this nub. And uh, coworkers are directing traffic below, and everything's good. I'm way up in this tree, and there's, I see this, uh, it's a, a, a tandem bus. Right, so not a double decker, not two stories tall, but double long, 
double long. It's the, it's the, the it's literally two buses with an accordion, the accordion bus, yeah. between the two, right? And yeah. so all's good, and I'm kind of like positioning, getting ready for my next cut. I'm doing my thing, and all of a sudden, oh no! And I I bumped that nub, and I knocked the tail of my rope off, and we they'd been flagging traffic, and now it's going like 25, 30 miles an hour. The tail of my rope drops down into traffic, oh. and it this bus, this double tandem bus, goes, and I watch. I would, I just, it all, everything, all life went into slow motion, and I'm like, I'm gonna die. If the wheel, <laughs> wheel would have actually gone over the rope in the right way, it could yeah. be a problem. So it drops straight down. <laughs> this bus hits it, boom, hits it with the front of the bus. Oh no! And the the, the rope, the tail of the rope starts to go up. And then it's like cruising along the top of this bus, but Steve Hespin, a, a dear friend of mine, somebody who I hold in very high regard, and somebody who wow. uh, about half of this crowd knows. Oh yeah, about half of this crowd does not yeah. know. Half of uh, us, if not more, have Canadian, worked with him. No, no, no. This is a Canadian-born, Montana, Montana-raised cowboy, mm-hmm. salt of the earth, toughest sob. You've ever met in your life. The first and year nobody, of work. Nobody I worked who's with ever him. met Steve will argue with that. Like he would eat Chuck Norris for lunch, and he looks just and he, he looks just like him, and nobody would know the difference. B a d a s s. This guy is something else, and he jumped out in front of traffic, and he just looked Whoa, at that bus driver, and he goes, no "Stop!" <laughs> oh my god! And they did, and they did. And that he put himself in front of the he, bus. He, he saved, jumped in front of a bus. No, for no, you. no. He <laughs> saved. He <laughs> saved. That's just like your. He saved yeah. my Sorry. life. That he was the rope. My life. He was the rope yeah. that wrapped up yep. the log that was coming yep. at Rob. Yep. Uh, yeah. You go to. Yep. You go to war. You take that man with you. You There's no the joke. Alamo. There's no joke. <laughs> if you're going to be at the Alamo, you want Steve Hespin with you. Yeah. We could have both. <laughs> we, we literally could have both died that day. But it didn't matter. He didn't even stop. He didn't even yeah. think about it for a second. He jumped in front of the bus. The the <laughs> literally, it was bad. The other one, the other the the other thing wow. that I've really had happen to me that I really want folks to know about. So again, uh, forested setting, taking a big top out of the tree. So so Steve, I'll be honest. So we we were on this big project. We're doing habitat trees. That guy's. Crazy. He's amazing. <laughs> I, I, I'm like more of a modern arborist where I'm going to like shoot high up into the tree. You know, I'm going to climb way up there. That guy, it's amazing. We were, we were up on this job together. We're doing habitat trees. I'm starting to shoot lines into this tree with a crossbow, and he just starts spurring right from the bottom with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I spent all this time shooting this line way yeah, up into blue. the top of the tree, and this dude spurs halfway up. And cuts the tree in half. Blew my mind. But anyway, so I, I'm starting to like, okay, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning from him a little bit. Like, how, how, how crazy can we get without killing people, right? But instead, no, no, well, no. Well, he was so, saving people, it sounds like. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's you got to know when to hold them. Oh, this guy. Know when yeah. to roll them. He'll take the biggest pieces. He'll do the craziest stuff. And it somehow it just works out. I don't know. He's got luck on his side. But. Anyway, so, uh, again, we're doing habitat trees. We're in South Eugene, uh, Tugman Park. It's kind of a natural area. These trees are maybe 110, 120 foot tall, and they're fir trees uh, that are growing up through oaks, 
Oregon white oaks. We're trying to release these oaks. So we're going to turn these uh, big fir trees into habitat trees. So we're going up and we're taking the tops out of them. So I, you know, put my face cut in, start my back cut, and this top just kind of goes the wrong way. And it literally just went right into the top of some other fir trees. And we're talking probably like 50 plus feet of tree, right? Goes into the top of some other fir trees and just springs right back at me. And it grabs the tail of my rope. Well, imagine it just like springs into these fir trees. They bend over and it just flings it right back at me. It goes right below me and it grabbed the tail of my rope and just shredded it. It was amazing. I I mean, just literally turned this like, uh, I mean, just, you know, brand new, you know, back then it was probably like a 16 strand or something and just completely shredded it. Completely shredded it, sucked me into the trunk, and I just grabbed onto it and just held on, and it just tore down the rope the whole way down. I mean, I couldn't even go down on the rope. It was so tattered. It was wow. unbelievable. From the top wow. of the tree hitting it as it went down the rope, yep. down the trunk. So imagine, imagine. So the the tree goes, the the top of the tree goes into some adjacent firs. But but think about that. You've got the hinge. You've got the torn hinge, which is basically what's coming back at you right so think about maybe a 12 to 14 inch diameter top yep right with a with a torn hinge on the bottom it, it went over fell into some other fir trees bounced back and then it kind of like that torn hinge kind of like just ripped speared. your rope on the way down oh man i can yeah. imagine yeah oh it's, it's unbelievable it's kind of like when andrew had sent that vertical zip line and it broke the rope when it hit the root yep. wow well same concept. Well, it, it just trunk on so trunk. trunk, trunk. Well, that was trunk on rock. But the thing oh, about yeah. that is, and that's a very dangerous situation. When the when the top goes over, the bigger the top, that all that force when it gets stopped, it force doesn't die. It goes somewhere. So when that gets stopped, if it can come back at you, all that force of the whole way to the top going over is going to redirect. And if it redirects into your rope, <laughs> it's going to mess it up. It's shredded. It's shredded. It looks like it went through the chipper. That's all I can say. I mean, it's just like uh, 16 strands just splayed out. So what did you do if your rope was totally compromised like that? Oh, some, uh, well, did I, you I have asked... someone send up another rope? Exactly. Or? Okay. Exactly. Yep. Nice. Wow. Wow. That's but... crazy. So you're saying that the top, that's like the worst nightmare. Yeah. For a top to go into another tree and all get totally spring loaded, <laughs> and then like have your tree spring load back at the oh, same yeah, time yeah, that yeah. they spring load forward, and it just collides and uh, destroys your rope. The That's inertia nuts. alone. The inertia alone. Yeah, you know. And but you're striking that balance. Like forces. I hate to say it. I, I don't mean to. <laughs> like uh, I don't want to sound uh, unsafe, but the reality is, right? You're. I mean, that day, the reality is, we're trying to climb and top out maybe five, six trees per person per day. At least. Right? And they're big trees. They're all over 100 feet, you know, 110, 120, 130 Contract climbing for the Forest Service? This is actually in town, just up in Tugman Park. It's just uh, doing white oak, Oregon white oak release. Oh. And so we're trying to move, 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 move. move. And so there's a a bit of a, like, you've got a lot of work in X amount of time, right? So you're you're trying to keep up with that. And, you know... Taking bigger pieces, there's that fine line between taking the biggest possible pieces well, and not being safe. Right. Well, right. where 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 so do you think you like when you that. when you made your face cut and where the tree went was that totally in line? No, the the reality is like it just went 
maybe I left a little bit too much uh, toe or a little too much heel, and it yeah. just kind of went to the side. It, it, know, it did. just happens. Oh, I trust yeah, me, I know. Definitely. I mean, again, we're talking a few years back, so maybe it was the wind, maybe yeah. it was the, the cut. You know how much hand sure. I left. There's a lot of variables uh, that could be contributed, but it didn't go exactly where you wanted it, no, no, which no, has no, happened no, to no, all no, of no. us, guaranteed. One hundred percent. You've got a window. You've got a window. Yeah. And yeah. it didn't quite hit the window. It didn't quite and hit it the hit window. a tree next to it and pushed it back and shredded the force of the top and the trunk pushing at each other. Shredded the fucking rope, which is like the worst nightmare. Kind yeah. of. I mean, it yeah. was basically something. Like, it was <laughs> well, it's basically than something wrapped on it, though, really. Or getting yeah. it yeah. pushing back yeah. on you. Yeah. You always kind of worry that it's going to hop the top of the tr- the like stub trunk, and then hit you. You know, oh, yeah. right? Like right. it's not going to oh, go down. Yeah. It's going to go up right. at the top. Oh, hits and pushes so, back yeah, at the right. That, if you don't, if you cut all the way through your holding wood, and don't yeah, you do your really shallow face? Maybe bad accident. I don't know. But I feel like I'd I'd much rather get like pegged with the pack than like have it right down my rope and then rip me in half like oh. that's not how i want to check out it was a close it one. gives you more just time like mine, you know yeah. just yeah. like, like oh, yeah. oh, no. exactly. you were out of control no. just like and i was you, and you might survive you it know and, and, the and things happen and it, and we're both happy that they didn't happen in a way that harmed us that day <laughs> so uh last story that i'll tell and then i'm done i'm gonna put the headphones down but uh so yeah, I, I I'm not in the field every day anymore, and I, I you know, that's good and bad. Uh, lots of good things about that, lots of bad things about that. But oh, I, I still know. like to do uh, <laughs> I still like to do some work for folks when I can. You know, friends, family, neighbors. You know, I, I really do. Even coming out here and doing some work out here, this is yeah. this is a wonderful place. But so my neighbors, um, wonderful folks. Uh, they purchased a house. They lived in a camper, remodeled the house looked amazing they did such a good job they get into the house and the oregon white oak in 2019 big snowstorm shows up massive massive 40 plus inch oregon white oak that that splits it bifurcates about six feet off the ground turns into basically two massive trees right but it's, wow. it's essentially a wishbone it's a huge wishbone the whole south side comes down on their house that they just remodeled and literally splits it in half. So they spend a year and a half uh, in their trailer again. Like, it's a, it's a camper, right? It's a, like a pull-behind camper, like a fifth-wheel-type camper. Like it's nice, but not anywhere you want to be living when you just bought a new property and you just freaking remodeled it, and now it just got, like, literally split in half. Oh, man. A huge oak tree fell. Live into it. They're good. But the reality is they, st- they, they start to build the new house. They get it all done, and I there's this incense cedar that's right off the front of the house, literally, like, growing out of the foundation. And, I, you know, I've worked in this tree. I've lived in our house for almost 15 years. I've worked in this tree numerous times through multiple sets of neighbors trying to help them work with this tree. So the house was totally demolished, and they built this new house, right? And you saw what I strung up in that tree. I have a 9-millimeter rope, Right. So my neighbors, who I love dearly, decide after the brand new house is all finished and complete that they decided they want to remove this big, huge, 100-plus-foot-tall incense cedar that's right in front of the new house. It's literally like pushing up the foundation. My 9-millimeter rope would not fit 
they 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 pushed out the eaves on the house. My nine millimeter rope would not easily fit between the gutter and the trunk of the tree. <laughs> that <laughs> freaking close. Real close. That freaking close. Like think yeah. about that for a second. Like we had to like pull. Like it would pull, you, it pull on a nine millimeter rope Dang and it would it. like pop through. That's how tight wow. it was. And I removed the whole tree. Just completely, everything had All to get ziplined. Everything, the whole top, oh, every branch, you, you cut it down. Everything had to be ziplined out wow. of there, and just completely removed. And uh, it was great. And I it just, worked out. It worked out perfect. Brushed out the tree, got it completely uh, taken care of. Top out all the limbs, and uh, uh, their father, who's a, a, a logger, just completely uh, felled the trunk. It was perfect. It was a great, just nice. you know, combination effort. It's it's really you know, I don't do tree muck uh, tree work as much as I used to, but I really do enjoy this those technical jobs. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it's interesting because uh, people get into it for different reasons. Like, there's people that are just total tree nerds, and I you know I mean I love trees, but you know that uh, just know everything about trees. You know, it's phenomenal. You've got a lot of respect, and then there's people that are just in it for the climbing and the rigging. Yep. You know, they just nerd out on the, how to rig this tree out or how to rig that branch or how to climb into these, you know, limb walk on this crazy limb walk. You know, and there's different ways to do that. And I'd, I'd have to say, Eric, you're one of the people that checks all the boxes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if I got a tree ID question, I go to Eric. You know, he'll he'll tell me what if it I is. If I got a complex climbing situation, I go to Eric. Yeah, Eric will tell you what it is. We've been... I'm I'm constantly trying to get Eric to come on the podcast, so I'm glad that you know it just took a little bit of whiskey and whatnot, uh, out being out in Yahats, and we got him. We got him on the first episode, and about thirty episodes in, here we are again. We got him again. So, you know, uh, to future times. Um, oh, absolutely. What What I want to do here is I want to I want to wrap this up and get our final thoughts. This has been a phenomenal phenomenal episode on the kind of spirituality of trees and kind of our high points and our low points and everywhere in between and so uh final thoughts what do you got rob well i'm really glad that uh scott uh joined sperry 20 something years ago and i got to learn a lot from him and get inspired to uh do a lot of things and with uh my mom which is wonderful. I mean, spending time with your family is one of, I think, one of the most important things for anybody to do is just to appreciate family and spend time with them and enjoy that time you spend. And that's in large part why um, I really appreciate Scott is because it motivated me to spend a lot of time with my mom on doing amazing things like you wouldn't believe in. We experience things that <laughs> you can only imagine. <laughs> but... um that significantly improved the quality of my life, I'm sure. And now you're continuing to, but it inspired me to be uh, driving an electric bike and uh, being more conscious about the planet and our impacts on that. I just, you know, I don't know. My relationship with Scott is a very interesting one, and I very much value it, and that's my take-home message from this uh, particular episode. And this trip in general, I just am so happy to hang out with Dan Kraus, who's the most badass climber <laughs> that I know of, most likely, <laughs> depending on the day, I'm sure. But <laughs> but it's wonderful to reconnect with Dan. 
and uh, Corey and and uh, you know Eric and just it's it just wonderful, you know, and and the the climbing here, you know, removing the tree uh, props, you know, they it's it just great, you know. Everybody did a wonderful job, and it's a great day. All right, Eric, what are your final thoughts? So, my final thoughts, go climb a tree. It's probably the closest that any of us poor folks are ever going to get to outer space. (laughs) We're not going to be on the Virgin Galactic. We're not going to be cruising to space with Jeff Bezos, but it's still pretty freaking amazing. So, if you have the opportunity, please do it. Talk to your local local arborists. Um, You know, uh, get them to do recreational climbs, uh, even if you're not up there for work just get up there it's pretty amazing awesome awesome uh dan what are your final thoughts oh uh, i'm so glad i met you guys so (laughs) many years ago (laughs) yeah and uh the things you've done you know and scott and (laughs) i'm just like beaming here just you know talking with you folks and uh so i'm just final thoughts just happy to be here with you guys yeah what what do you got, Scott? What are you, what are your final thoughts? Well, the sounding theme here seems to be gratitude. And that's what I'm feeling first and foremost. Just so happy to be part of this circle, this community. So grateful that got to. I, it was a turning point when I realized my mental and physical well being depends on being in and among trees. Realize that, then that was a turning point, and you guys and folks all understand that. So, just grateful to be part of that community, giving, taking, and it just it flows. We give, we take, reciprocate, and I may simply by virtue of being the oldest among you. That's the only reason that uh it's a full circle so this is just the beginning yeah that's the truth uh cory what do you got uh i'm not gonna say anything better than scott so ditto (laughs) (laughs) well played i'm calling bs (laughs) (laughs) um I think my final thoughts are kind of going back into the conversation. Uh, you know, I, I, was, I really loved us talking about how sharing knowledge is like a web, you know, whether it's a mentor, whether it's your kids, and, you know, it's a two-way street. You can share that knowledge, but you should always keep learning. You know, and everybody here, I can 100% say I've learned from you know, so it is It is really great to just be hanging out in such a beautiful property, uh, telling our stories of success and our stories of failure and just uh, <laughs> sharing information. It, it's really a beautiful thing. Um, so with that, I'll say stay safe. And I love you guys, man. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> love, love, love.